are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, there we go. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Monday, October 3rd edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. We wish we were kicking off the month on better terms, on a happier note. We are not. The good news is we're here from 3 to 6. The bad news is we're here from 3 to 6. The good news is you know exactly what you're going to get from us today. The bad news is you know exactly what you're going to get from us today. You know what we're talking about, uh, and we're here for the next three hours. We want to hear from you in between then and now. 502-414-1450, that's the Thornton's text line. Today's the day to sound off. We did this a couple weeks ago. It feels like we've done it 17 times over the last three years. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. You get grievances in your heart, let them out. Thornton's text line is the way to make that happen. We love our friends over at Thornton's. Love Alex Cupper. He's a Sugar Bowl champion. We love the fact that there are 65,617 area Thornton's locations because these guys know what they're doing. Download your refreshing rewards app today. Could not be easier to make that happen, and it's going to save you money every time you have to fuel up at the pump. Or if you need a tasty treat from Thornton's inside, the refreshing rewards app is going to help you there as well. All right. For the, I don't know, 416th time over the last three years, we're about to do a show where we talk about the Louisville football team falling flat in a game that not only was it expected to win, but a game that it was supposed to win, and a game that it looked like it should have won. And instead of having a celebratory show and coming in here and talking about, you know, it was, they did they got the job done, say what you will about the, the minor deficiencies, say what you will about the minutia of the game, they got a win, and in the end, that's all that matters. And here they are now, finally off the schneid in the ACC, looking at a very winnable game against Virginia and then staring down a tough second half of the season where Scott Satterfield could potentially save his job. That's not going to happen today because Louisville, once again, couldn't make the one or five plays that it needed to make in the fourth quarter and got beat by a bad Boston College team in a game where it was a two-touchdown favorite. 34-33 the final score. Cards come home now 0-3 in the ACC. They're the only 0-3 team in the conference. They're 2-3 overall after going through one of its, I mean, the easier half of the season. They'll end that half with Virginia on Saturday. And I know we've done this show 17,000 times. This one is going to feel a little bit different. The details are the same. The, the, the not being able to make the plays, the losing a close game, the this being not good enough, all that stuff, it, it's all the same. The difference between this one and even the Florida State one a couple of weeks ago, even the Syracuse one in week one, the Ole Miss game last year, the Kentucky game last year, the Air Force game last year, the big difference here is I no longer think that there's any hope of this thing being salvaged. 
And I know it seemed like a it, it seemed like a, a little bit of a long shot at times this year and, and certainly at times last year. But there was always that, you know, I had to preface every comment with, I hope I'm wrong about this. I hope that he can beat some ranked teams in the second half of the year. I hope we can get to seven wins. I hope we can get to eight wins. I hope we can play in a, a top-tier bowl game, keep the recruiting class together, all that stuff. I no longer have even hope for, for that happening. I, I think this was the one. Th- this is the one that you point to. There's always that game when you have a failed tenure, regardless of the sport, that you can look back and say, yeah, th- this one hurt. It could have been different with this one. But there's that one game where you feel like you've crossed the point of no return. And I think that Louisville crossed that point on Saturday. I'm not saying you fire him now. I'm not saying that at all. I think it would take things getting to a 2018-esque level of just complete incompetence for that to happen. I'm just saying this is the 2009 pit game point in my in my view, where after that game, you knew Craig Thorpe was going to coach the last, I think, three or four games of the season, but you knew it was over. Like It was, it was a done deal. This is how I feel now. And it's earlier in the season. I get that theoretically you have five ranked teams. It'll be four ranked teams today when the new polls come out because Pitt got beat by Georgia Tech. But you've got four ranked teams and another undefeated team in James Madison on the second half of your schedule. And theoretically, if you somehow got hot and won like four or five of those games, you could save your job. Let's be real. If you're not going on the road and beating a bad Boston College team that you are a 14-point favorite to beat, you're not beating Clemson. You're not hanging with Kentucky. You're not beating NC State. You're not beating Wake Forest. You might be Pitt. You might be James Madison. You got a better chance to get the Pitt than James Madison, I think. You might at this point. <laughs> to be honest with you. It feels like you're no longer – seven wins isn't on the table anymore. Mathematically, yes. But in any sort of rational world, no. And seven wins was always kind of my barometer. That was my line where I said, you know, if he gets to seven, I'm not thrilled with it. I'm never going to throw a ticker tape parade for a seven and five season. But I'm – Fine with keeping him around and seeing what he can do with his recruiting class. Six and six, I said no, but I understand that some of the fan base would want that to happen. And in that case, it'd be really weird for Josh Hurd. I don't think we're even going to get – everyone's like, Scott made it weird. You said it. Don't make it weird. I don't think he made it weird. I think he made it clear on Saturday that we're not even going to get to the weird point. It is going to be a cut-and-dry situation when the time comes for Josh Hurd to make a move, and I do think a move is going to be made. It's simply not good enough, and that's what it comes down to. The recruiting class – the how close we were, the what could happen moving forward, the what couldn't happen, the Malik getting hurt. It's not good enough to be sitting here at below 500 through four years with the amount, with, with the players that we've had, with the way that things started. If it had gotten progressively better, if his seasons had been inverted and we were having this season in year one and then year two was going to be a little bit slow and year three we're close in the COVID year and then year four we're going eight and five, then okay. That's the type of progression we want to see. We've gotten worse. Every year. I just, this seems irreconcilable to me. I don't even, and I feel like I don't even have to preface that statement or follow up that statement by saying I hope I'm wrong. Because I'm not wrong anymore. This is not working. It has been, it has felt like an awkward fix for the last, fit for the last three years. It feels beyond awkward now. It feels irreconcilable. I don't think that Keeping Brian Brown was the right thing to do, and I think we're now seeing that firsthand. I, I think that that's hurting him significantly. I don't think that really anything has gotten better 
that we wanted to see fixed over the last three years, the stuff that plagued us in, in 2020 during the COVID year that we thought, hey, it's COVID season, things are awkward, that, can, that stuff can get fixed, hasn't gotten better. The stuff that kept us from being an eight-win, nine-win team last year hasn't gotten better. We're not finishing games, even though Satterfield said they talked all summer about finishing games. We're not, I mean, <laughs> the self-inflicted stuff was better on, on Saturday. We had far fewer penalties than BC. We won the turnover battle, and we still got beat by an average team with, I mean, they're not even average. League going in the fourth quarter? I mean, how many times on Friday did we say, you can't let one guy beat you? Zay Flowers is fantastic. He has the ability to single-handedly beat you if you let him. You cannot let him. And we went out there, and what did we do? We pretty much let him beat us. We've got I, – I just saw the clip on, on Twitter before the, the show started. The long touchdown pass where it ended up with Josh Minkins in single coverage on, say, Flowers deep. We had three guys covering a five-yard hitch route. A dude who's just going through the motions, just like jogging out there, who's clearly not a real target. They're just putting him out there to have a guy that you have to have one defender on. We've got three guys covering that man in the flats and allowing Josh Minkins to be in single coverage against one of the most dynamic players in the country. No, Everybody else in, in college football that's played BC so far this year has been able to limit Zay Flowers because they haven't done stupid stuff like that. And they've also gotten to Phil Djokovic so he can't sit back there and just lob grenades all over the field. We couldn't do that on Saturday. Tell me why we're different. Why are we always the exception when it comes to this stuff? It's not good enough. It hasn't been good enough. It's not good enough right now. It's not going to get better. I said three weeks ago I didn't think Scott Satterfield was going to be your coach next year. That felt It was not inside information. It was me just kind of reading the tea leaves. I feel far more confident about that today. I, I don't see how we get to a point where Scott Satterfield is your coach, coach next year. And I, don't, I, I did not want this to happen. We spent all offseason saying the best thing for Louisville football is for Satterfield to overachieve this year, to retain his job, keep the recruiting class intact, have us not have to start from ground zero. And yet here we are. And it goes back to the other thing that, that we've been consistent about on the show is, yeah, the Ruben Owens highlights, they get you all excited every Friday. The Pierce Clarkson stuff is awesome. The DeAndre Moore stuff is awesome. Madden Sanker, all these kids. What's the point of bringing that class in if you feel like you can't get to 10-11 wins with them? That's still the goal, is it not? And if it's not, what are we doing? This is a program... I, UK fans are always like, you think that they're actually... We have had, in the last two decades, seasons that back up my point that we should every now and then be at least in the contention to be 10-2, 11-1, flirting with the ACC title. I am not saying that that's an every year's expe- expectation. We are not Clemson, nor do I think we are. We are not a top-tier college football program. I am not confused about this whatsoever. We are, however, a program that in the last decade has had a Heisman Trophy winner that has been flirting with the college football playoff into November, that two decades ago had multiple top 10 finishes. We've been a top 25 team more times than not over the last 20 years. We haven't sniffed. We haven't sniffed being nationally relevant since Lamar Jackson graduated. That's not good enough. And I don't think that I'm asking for the moon when I say that. If we bring these kids in, this 2023 recruiting class that I'm talking about, based on what we've seen over the last four years, what hope do you have that we could have a special type season with them being led by this coaching staff? Because special seasons should still be the goal. We've had special seasons here. We can do it again. We have the fan base. We have the infrastructure. We have all that stuff. We're not 
Ohio State, we're not Auburn, we're not Alabama, we're not Clemson, we're not whatever. We get that. But we can at least be a program when the, when the playoff expands to 12 teams a couple of years from now that is right there. That can be a top 15, top 10 type team. And we know that because we've done it. This coaching staff, if they can't get to eight wins with Malik Cunningham, with one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country, with a stable of running backs that look like they could play just about anywhere, with a bunch of transfers on defense that were supposed to help you out significantly, if we can't even get to beating Boston College, if we can't get to not being the only 0-3 team in the ACC, how are we going to get to 10-2 with Pierce Clarkson, Ruben Owens, and those guys? I get that, you know, Jimmy's and Joe's matter more than the X's and O's. They both matter. It's like the old defense wins championship stuff. Can we all agree that offense and defense wins championships? You've got to have a little bit of everything. You can't be totally lacking in talent, and you can't be totally lacking in coaching. Everybody listening to this has watched enough sports over the years to know that. You've got to have a competent degree, at least, at the very least, in both areas to have a chance to be a special team, to have be the chance to be a special program. We don't have that coaching right now. We don't. And I don't think, I mean, maybe Pierce Clarkson and these guys would come in here and turn the program around in a couple of years. We'd be 8-4. and four. Great. Cool. That's, these are not the dreams that we had when we made the move to the ACC. We didn't go to the ACC to be a mid-level team. We didn't go here to be Wake Forest or NC State. No disrespect to those programs, which right now are clearly above us. We wanted to be right there with Clemson and Florida State. We wanted to be right there as that third team. Right there as that team that every now and then is going to beat Clemson and win the Atlantic Division. There's going to beat Clemson at least once on the field. And we have not been that. We are, since we joined the ACC, we're three games under 500. And I believe Satterfield is 12 and 19 in the conference. It's nowhere near good enough. I'm, I mean, we follow sports as fans with the hopes of, of watching championships. Am I wrong? And I know that Louisville football is not Louisville men's basketball. It's not Louisville women's basketball either in terms of, our expectations, where the bar is set, how realistic it is that we can get to the top of the mountain. Having come close multiple times in my lifetime, though, I don't think it's outside the realm of reality for me to sit here and say, I'd like Louisville to be a national title contender again in my lifetime. I'd like them to have a shot to win a college football national championship. We've come pretty damn close before. Why can't we do it again moving forward, especially now that we have more advantages than we had, even in 06, even in 04, even when we were in the Big East, we have more of a chance, we have more of a window to get there than we did 15, 20 years ago, and we really haven't come close besides 2016. Why is it outrageous to want that to be where your program winds up? We are nowhere near that path right now. And if you don't make a move, if you say this is good enough, if you say toiling in mediocrity is who we are now. Why even make, make the move to the ACC? When we made the move to the ACC, it wasn't so we could hopefully go 8-4, and four, win a couple of games over Wake Forest and usually Boston College, and maybe play in the pinstripe bowl. You went to the ACC because you were sick of going, having no margin for error. That 2013 team under Charlie Strong, I still think is the most talented team we've ever had in the history of Louisville football. And they never played, they played one good team the entire year. And it was Central Florida, and unfortunately, they gave up the ghost and, and lost in the fourth quarter and, and took a devastating loss. And the best team they played besides that was a, what, 6-6 six and six Miami team in the Russell Athletic Bowl that they beat by could have beaten by 70. You were desperate to get away from that situation where you're rooting like life and death for Cincinnati-Toledo because you know Cincinnati's strength of schedule has to be good for you to have 
any chance of flirting with the playoff or making it to a big-time bowl game. And we said, the ACC, at least you control your destiny. You win out, go 11-1. and doesn't matter what the other teams in your conference are doing. We're not even close to even having those conversations now. We're losing to, we're getting blown out by Syracuse. We're blowing close games to average Florida State teams. We're losing to Boston College teams that we're supposed to be by two touchdowns. This is not what anybody envisioned in 2014. And if your expectations have changed over the last eight years, I, I don't understand that. I, I can't understand that mentality. We made the move to be in a better position to chase the sports top prize. And now we're sitting here being like, you know, seven and five is not that bad. Eight and four is not that bad with these schedules. It's not that bad for where we are right now, but the goal is to take steps forward. And hopefully, four or five years from now, we're not talking about just trying to get to six and six or seven and five. We're talking about being in the mix for the sports top prize, being talked about as a preseason top 20 team, top 15 team, flirting with an expanded playoff berth, making the expanded playoff, playing games in the expanded playoff. Can you imagine this team even three years from now when the playoff does expand? being anywhere near that conversation with this staff intact, I can't. It doesn't matter who you're bringing in. It doesn't matter if you're bringing in the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of the program. It's not good enough. It has to change. And for the first time since this whole thing got started, since this became a conversation two and a half years ago, I feel like it's definitively going to change. Trevor Kelsey, how are you? I honestly, I just want to come in there and give you a hug. <laughs> it's, it's sad. I, just, I, don't I, even, I don't want this. I seriously thought about just taking my headset right off and just walking in there and giving you a hug. Nobody wants this. Like, Nobody just, wanted this to happen. Like you're beyond like ranting into the mic. You you are it's silent. What can I say that I haven't calm, said the last two times we've done this? Like just uttered, and that that is a bottom. I listen, brother. I'm well, welcome aboard, man. Like I'm, I mean, I know. I mean, I was, I, I was at your level probably right around the time Levis walked into the end zone for the third time last year, and then you know that was that was you know me going on life support. Then you know Air Force smothered me with a pillow, and then the rest of the season is basically pulled the plug that was left. I mean, I've got doctors picking through my organs, and none of them want my liver or kidneys. It's just, I mean, that's that's kind of where I've been at with this man. And here's the weird thing is, is that I really don't think Saturday was a bad coach. I just, A, way too loyal and hung on to Brian Brown, and it's going to be the death of him at Louisville, if, if, if anything, a, a big part of it at least. And the other is, I, I just, he's, he's, he's not a bad coach, but he's not a good enough coach to make up for the fact that his system plus what Malik is limited in doing is just not going to be anywhere near enough to make up for having just a horrible defense as well. Like, I, I don't, I mean, Malik is good, but Malik has his limitations. And this system, you can't have some of those limitations, and you've seen it. I don't think he's a bad coach. And either. the fact is that he's never, and for, I'm not saying he hasn't tried, but we've had Malik now for, I mean, and, and we make the jokes, but literally six years. He's been Satterfield's starting quarterback the entire time he's been here. And I know they've reached out and attempted to get some, I think maybe some other guys here and there, but I mean, they may should have tried harder. And I'm not, and and having a different quarterback is not going to make this team any much better. It may have, it may just to a game, because the bottom line is you you made a choice of loyalty and you hung on to your your buddy at defensive coordinator, and you made the wrong choice. You poor you chose poorly. Reek, I mean, I had you, a choice. I chose wrong. He <laughs> chose completely poorly, and it's it's one of many pieces, but it's a big piece of the, what's going to be 
the reason you and Brian can maybe go back to to Boone together. I mean, I don't even know if you're going to get to App State. I mean, love of God, Duke outsmarted us in this offseason. We wanted him to go to Duke. Duke was like, no thanks. And they're better than we are now. They probably are. <laughs> they have a better record. I don't know what they're, they're oh, they all played. They've only lost to Kansas. They just beat Virginia. And Kansas bad. would beat us. Well, Kansas would beat a lot of people. Right <laughs> I now. mean, Virginia, we're going to find out about Virginia. I mean, is this going to be a, a, a replay of Virginia 2018 when we went there and just showed absolutely no life and lost 21 to 3 or 28 to 3, whatever it was? If we lose before, to Virginia. Before Florida I, State just completely curb stomped us into I, I, Bolivian. I know we have days to talk about this. If we lose to Virginia, you're legitimately talking about 2 and 10 being on the table. Oh, yeah. Because this is probably, I mean, hell, I, I, I would have said, if you take me back to a week ago right now, BC is probably the easiest game you have left on your schedule. There's a reason why Louisville was a two-touchdown favorite in that game. No, they were. And we couldn't win it. Virginia might be slightly worse. I don't know. Um, they, they certainly didn't look like it on paper. They at least had a couple of games where they looked competent, which is more than you could say about BC before Saturday. Yeah, because they hung with Syracuse. But if you lose this one, I mean – it's just so weird to say out loud like it's a compliment now. <laughs> the whole world's gone crazy. Cr- yeah. You're def- defending Virginia. Well, they hung with Syracuse. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what anything is anymore. I mean, that's way more than we could say, right? I'm confused about everything. <laughs> I'm angry. I don't like it. But, I mean, you mentioned, you know, I'm sitting here kind of talking. Like, we've done the ranting and raving show. Like, we've done the ranting. We did it after the U.K. game. I mean, I, I've, I've given my – I've spoken my piece about how I don't feel like this is a good fit. I, I – I had questions about it being a good fit from the very beginning. Because I'm with you. I don't think that Scott Satterfield's like a terrible, just doesn't know what he's doing head no. coach. I think this is a just a terrible fit. Yeah. And I, I don't think his heart is fully in it here. I don't think the Louisville fan base ever really fully embraced him again after the South Carolina thing. I don't think that it was – it just has not felt like a fantastic fit. And because of that, I think that there's just – nothing's gotten better since his first season. Nothing's gotten better. The turnover issues have still been a concern. I know that's not a concern for Saturday's game. The self-inflicted wounds have still been there. The not being able to finish games has been a consistent theme. And we just look like— Not able to come back from being down. We we still have never won a game when we've trailed going into the fourth quarter under Satterfield's watch. We haven't really beaten anybody of national relevance. Uh, We can't beat teams that are now average relevance. It's just— I, mean, I don't know. For we are a, what we are the football team that you forget exists. Like we have, we have just, we have fallen all the way from six years ago. Six years ago, this time, the six-year anniversary for Saturday's game, we went to Clemson as a favorite on the road over a team that would go on to win the national championship. Let that soak in for it. Was just six years ago, October first, twenty sixteen. We go to Death Valley. We play a Clemson team that's coming off a. Narrow loss to Alabama in the national title game the year before. That is undefeated and ranked in the top five. We're favored to win that game. We're the betting choice to win that game. And we come one play away from winning that game over the team that goes on to win the whole thing. Six years after that, you couldn't tell. The average fan couldn't tell you what the hell's going on with Louisville football. They probably couldn't name the coach. They couldn't tell you what the team's doing. They just know that we're a whatever program toiling away in the middle of this the gelatinous blob in the middle of the college football world that nobody cares about. No. We are a team that has no relevance in the grander conversation in college football, and that sucks. Now we're Satterfield in a box on the island of misfit 
programs. We are. We're, we're, we're like the, you know, if somebody asked you right now, like, we're, we're Pepsi how's Missouri clear. doing? You're, they're probably, well, I guess Missouri's probably a bad example because they played Georgia yeah. close over the yeah, weekend. Missouri, Missouri actually hired the right App State coach. God. <laughs> Maybe we should have waited until somebody takes that and we could have taken a drink with. I, I, I kid you not. He's done a better job in Missouri than Sats done here. If you ask the average he's competitive fan, competitive in Missouri, which is harder to do than being competitive in Louisville. You know what's what's Washington State doing? What's Illinois doing? What's Indiana doing? And then you know people will be like, I'm sure they're not doing much. Like maybe they're they're three and two, maybe they're four and one, maybe they're one and four. I don't know. I don't care. Why should I care about those programs? We have become one of those programs, and that's I depressing as hell. State. It's depressing as hell to be in that doing. position. Like nobody cares about us. And six years ago. We're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We got the Heisman Trophy winner. People are talking about us being the only team that could potentially play with Alabama that year. And I know that it's it was a ridiculous statement in hindsight, given how the season ended. But at that moment in time, we were as nationally relevant as anybody. And to have fallen so far so quickly, I'll still never really understand how it happened. But I know that it's not good enough. And I don't think it's ridiculous to say that I expect better. I don't expect to be back on Sports Illustrated covers next year. That to be a yearly thing. But my God, if we have lowered ourselves to the point where it's like six and six is who we are now, and that's okay, what are we doing? I've got the sports reference box score from our game up on on the computer here, and they play those little videos, like promo videos, you know, on the page. There, it doesn't have sound on it, but it just keeps replaying the same one over and over, and it's constantly an ACC Network video, and it keeps going. Say Flowers, number one play, Mossing Louisville. And I've, I've watched this replay, this play like six times in the entire, six or seven times over the, this first segment rants. And it just makes me more sad and sad. I mean, Mickens is right there. I don't know how he didn't make a play. <laughs> Which time? <laughs> that time. The, the, the first time we had it two wasn't guys even there. him. It was Jalen Gill as well, who was, who, I mean, I granted was a, a, an Ohio State recruit at one time and kind of underachieved and now is at Boston College. But he had what? Didn't he have like, I think, I don't actually, I don't have the, I'm looking at the schedule now, but. He had like five for 90, didn't he, on us? He played well because we left him uncovered half the time. Well, yeah. I mean, we can only put so many people in that hitch route. <laughs> We're just, I mean, you you have that opportunity again. What where, I tell you, Jerkovic, and I know I'm saying his name wrong, but I don't care. It's how it's spelled. Same, same, well, this is Kofi Cockburn all over again. But, <laughs> but, but, but with him, I mean, like, he wasn't, he hasn't been a bad quarterback. Like, I said this going into the game, sadly, tongue in cheek, but not, but somewhat serious. Our defense only looks good against horrible quarterbacks. He's played poorly, but he's not a bad quarterback. No. Like, the guy from Central Florida, John Petty, the Jerry Bohannon, those guys suck. Those guys are bad quarterbacks. John Petty. <laughs> Jerry Bohannon, whatever his name is. Well, the Central Florida oh. guys, John Rice Plumley. John Rice Plumley, whatever. He's a Plumley brother. Tom Petty's cousin. I don't care what he is. John Petty. John Petty. It doesn't matter. But, like, Djokovic, Djokovic, whatever. He's, he saw a quarterback just with a horrible offensive line. Uh-huh. Then he got to see our defense. And we see how good he actually can be. You don't need a whole lot of time to find out what he flowers be. against us. I mean, seriously, it's just. It I, was like I, I, I think thought Satterfield for a long can coach time on another Saturday. level. Brian Brown does not. I mean, maybe like Monmouth level, but that's about where he needs to be. I thought for a long time on Saturday that it was going to go because I, I said at the end of the show on Friday, I was like, I think this is going to be kind of an ugly game. I don't think we play great. I think it's back and forth in the first half. Maybe they have a lead at halftime. Maybe we have a slight lead at halftime. We end up pulling away, and we win by 10. I think th- I said 30 to 20. I said and for most of the afternoon, 17. Yeah, for, for most of the afternoon, it looked like we were going to be kind of uh, about right. You know, Back and forth, not a great game by any stretch. But in the end, we're the better team. We're going to win out. We're going to win by a couple of scores. And we have that moment. Once again, we always have the moment. It's 33-31. We get the ball. You have a chance to go down. 
put it in the end zone, put the game away. We don't, of course, because we never do. We give the ball back to them. You have a moment where you get the stop. Stop them here. Give the ball back to your offense. They can run out the clock. It's over. We don't because we never do. We let them go down the field with very little resistance. They kick a game-winning field goal. Chip shot. We get the ball back, and I know Malik Cunningham's out at this point, and we have a chance to you know, be heroes, pull out a victory from the jaws of defeat for once, and we don't. We don't come close to doing anything. Um, also, did you even know this, that there was an extra play at the very end of the game? When, like, like when the cameras went off after uh, BC yeah, took the final they, knee. because the, the, the crowd stormed and there was supposed to be a second. And... There, was, there was a second left. They yeah. took a knee. Every, like the, the cameras shut off. Like they, The co- game coverage did not have this. We got the ball back with one second left. too late for my, in my yeah. mind, personally. <laughs> and Doman threw an interception. All I could think of was, can you imagine? Because the entire, like the, the fan base is in flames at this point. Like The game's off the air. Everybody watching from home is like, we got a fire staff. we got a fire staff. Imagine if we won that game. It would have been the funniest win of all time. Like, everybody's like, this is done. This is the game. Like, I'm tweeting, like, this is the game where it's officially over. And it's like, Brock Doman hits Tyler Hudson in stride for a game when he touched. Like, I would have been like, changed my I'm mind, still pissed. But <laughs> that's, I'd still probably have the same attitude for this coaching staff. Everybody would have gone too far to come back at that point. But it didn't happen. Uh, we, we thought, And it just it played out the way that we, we probably all should have seen coming because we've seen it happen a million times. And it's Did a part of you at least have, like, a hope to have a Kurt Warner, Frank Reich moment when Doman came in? Yeah. I mean, he threw the. He came out. He threw a great pass on his very first play, and then we go back to like three runs in a row. Um, and he misses. And in his defense, though, like every receiver he threw to in the last eight incompletions, none of them were open. No. I mean, that was the best he could get. They just couldn't. They couldn't even get open. He did the right thing too. He was. I mean, he, he just tried to give him a chance. If you had single coverage, he threw it up deep. You hope yeah, to make a play, I mean, and then hope to get a pass interference call. We didn't get the calls. And it was like he missed an that open was guy, or right. Unless there was somebody open that I didn't see. Our receivers don't get separation on anybody. No. It, it's a it was my biggest concern for this team going into the season. Don't get me wrong, Malik has not been great throwing the ball. Brock Doman, you know, did the, the the best that he could, but he clearly was not throwing guys open. But our receiver, we have no dynamic players on the outside, and we don't have. There's not much room to wiggle when you have the few times they are open, your quarterback misses them. Yeah, or they just drop it. Like we or have, they, had, or they drop it. Yeah, our receivers are not good. There's no way around we. It was my biggest concern was we have like six, seven guys. People were like, this guy could step up. That guy could step up. And I said, this could easily be a situation where we look back in the middle of the year and we're like, why do we think this was just imaginally good? It's like having a group of average shooters on your basketball team and being like, well, this guy could wind up being a better shooter. He could he could shoot 40% when he's been a career 32%. More times than not, it just doesn't happen. And we have not had anybody step up and be like this dynamic can't miss receiver who's going to get separation who's going to catch everything and who can take the top off of defense we don't have those guys and when you don't have elite quarterback play at least from a throwing perspective yeah I mean don't get me wrong as a playmaker I understand but I'd give up like 35 to 40 percent of his playmaking ability with his legs to go towards his arm yeah to, in, in a at this point for sure because people are keen on it now BC was able to stop him running the ball really effectively uh, especially in the second half and when you take that away, we don't have a whole lot to counter that way. No, we're pretty much running the wildcat. Um, so, so that's, I mean, that that's where it is. It's it's just not good enough. There's no way around it. I, I'm not asking for the moon. I mean, I'm, I'm asking to beat Boston College. Are you are you are you willing to say that at Virginia is a is a must win? I don't think it even matters. I mean, this, I, they probably but, win but this, this weekend. Team, if this team comes out and shows. Go, looks utterly flat and gets beat by double digits. 
then it's just more evidence. Then you're at the 2018 point where <sighs> then, every, then, every game yeah. is not like it's not new evidence. It's just adding on to the old evidence. Oh, God, I can't go to another 2018. Well, I mean, financially I could because I could just win money off of it. I'm never going to recover from this financially. I mean, <laughs> I, I won this weekend. I'm just making a <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tiger King quote. <laughs> I actually did really well in my parlay too this weekend. <laughs> it's uh, and we, I know we have to go to break here, but it, we'll take text only Thornton's text line after the break. Five two four one four fourteen. Thanks to another coach going up and with uh, a shortened team beating a top twenty team on the road, Ugh. getting Wait, twelve points. Who's that? I don't know. This this guy I heard about. Top twenty one. Oh my bad. Is our intern Patrick chimes in off the mic? <laughs> I'm also like, like Granted, Minnesota did have was without their top running back, who's really damn good. He is the Ibrahim. Yeah. Tanner Morgan looked like crap. <laughs> I don't like. There's no part of me that wants this to happen. Like, I, I, it has to happen. I'm, I'm not like a anti Scott Satterfield guy. I, I said a million times the best thing for us is, is him winning and him keeping his job. And I really don't. Having gone through the basketball thing just a few months ago, I'm not ready at all for the like. What about this guy? What about that guy? You got to make you know the ghost of Bill Walsh say no. Like, like I, did you see the Wisconsin guy the, yesterday that I, I tweeted out who was like, I'm not saying Wisconsin. Could get Nick Saban to leave Alabama. Oh yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you're Barry Alvarez, yeah, you have yeah. to at least make the call. Get him. On, I'm like, I'm not ready for make him say no season again. We just did this for like five months. Wisconsin's calling Nick Saban. I'm not ready for because like you're gonna have fans who are like, you know, you 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 got to make uh you got to make Bill Belichick say no. It's not going great with the Patriots without Brady. Maybe he wants to come back to the game. You've got, I mean, Matt Rule talk is still all over the place. You know, you've got people are still saying Luke Fickle. I mean. Good luck. Like I, I, Matt Rule, I think is more Rule gettable than is Luke Fickle. Very possible. I think he's in play. I don't. I, want I don't him think Luke I think Fickle he is. sucks. But I mean, well, you know what? As a college coach, I wouldn't maybe. I would think take about it. Why not? In, in the I'm NFL, not ready to have these conversations. The I don't want to be doing this yet. But we're going. This is going to be the next like three months. Is the show? Probably Matt Rule, an offensive guy in the NFL. I, I don't. The stat is a little off, but it was a, blew my mind when I saw it the other day. The Panthers are like one in like. 19 in games where their opponent scores more than 17 points. Mm. That's not good. Especially when you're a team that you're an offensive guy as your head coach. So, I mean, it means your team you can't even score more than 17 points more often than not. I don't know But in college, he was good. He was good in college. He rebuilt Baylor. I also, I mean, more, more people keep hitting me up about Tom Herman and stuff, and I know you and I have had the conversation on air. Again, Matt Rule, probably more likely than Tom Herman. My understanding with Tom Herman is he's not coaching anywhere for at least a couple of years. He's probably getting still paid, isn't he? He's, getting, he just not, he just, he's got some issues. Ah. Yeah, and I think that that's, you can look into that. Was, that. was that maybe had a lot to do with his Texas departure more than I been? believe it did. Because I always did found it weird they got rid of I thought they did pull the gun on him a little too soon. I there was off the field stuff. I can see that. I have been alerted by somebody who is very close to Tom Herman. He's like, hey man, I he's see not. He's, is he doing? T- is he doing? He's not doing. He's TV. not doing anything. He's not doing anything. He's trying to get himself right. Uh, he makes. He's got plenty of money. He's all right. Reminder: We are coming to you live from the U of L College of Business Studios. U of L College of Business. They produce the best entrepreneurs anywhere. They've got risk takers, dreamers, innovators. The entrepreneurial spirit is the resonant bell that calls the College of Business to action. With a variety of resources and centers housed at the College of Business, UofL looks to not only draw fire from the spark of business inspiration, but provide the skills and resources to sustain the flame, which burns the brightest in the best of our future business leaders. I would take that script for a football 
program. Get some of that energy in the football that team. That was elegant. College of Business I was lighting doing, it up here. I thought you were doing that off your head for a minute. I didn't realize you were reading a script. Oh, no, that's from the College of Business. But. I was like, wow, man, you are just you're just like Shakespearean today, man. Get some of those guys on the football side of things. Eh? <laughs> go to go to business.louisville.edu for more information. We love our friends over at the UofL College of Business. We'll take a break. We'll read some of these I mean, 83,000 texts that have already come in. We want to hear your thoughts as well. It's your show as well. Uh, we'll do that next on the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. That's too far to go. <laughs> Three-time loser, it's all behind me now. Three-time loser, it's all behind me now. Three-time loser, it's all behind me now. So bad. I mean, tell me this would be a, us coming out of the tunnel. It's bad. <laughs> like, I hear the song. I hear that playing. Keeps on trying, but he's... <laughs> oh. I mean, never in my life that I've seen River Band would know how I feel. I think we can sell Brian. Look, we got two options here. We can laugh about all this or we can cry. We're choosing to laugh at ourselves here. You know what today's theme is? Yeah. Could you, could you guess? Had your day after three time loser and lonesome loser? The first two songs have been perfect because that was our third game. 0 3 in the AC game. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture Satterfield in a bar like in Drake's listening to this. <laughs> just chugging cranberry juice. Oh. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't even touch the low-hanging fruit. I'll tell you now, Beck didn't make the list. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I went a while. I, I, we have a little can, bit of higher can, brow on the show. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's low-hanging fruit, okay? That's too easy. We never take the easy route on the show. <laughs> no. We always do things as hard as they can possibly do. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Rutherford Show. Monday, October 3rd here, reacting to the, the news of the weekend. It wasn't all bad for Cardinal sports. Uh, men's soccer beats NC State on Friday, number 15 team in the country. Volleyball wins two more AC matches, including nationally televised against number 11 Georgia Tech on Sunday. You reminded me to check about the Cardinal Insider. Uh, thank you. <laughs> They're number two in the country remaining. So we had, there were good things happening. Not good things happening when it comes to like my fandom. I've got UofL, obviously. I've got the Lions giving up 48 points to the bleeping Seahawks. I've I, got both my fantasy teams getting smacked around. It was just awful. I feel like someone warned you before the year that this Lions offense can put up points, but this defense was bad. You're right. And you were going to be in a lot of You're shootouts right. this season. 48 to 45 against been, Geno All, all four of your games have been shootouts, have they not? Even ours, technically. We beat you 38-35. Yeah. I can't remember your other two scores in between. but we'll beat the Commanders in a... Well, these commanders of the Guardians. Which one's the, the politically correct one for football? <laughs> commanders. We got up 29-7 on them and then held on late. That was te- it was still a shootout. Yeah, uh, Vikings that's right, game. Came back on, yeah. Vikings game was kind of a shootout last week, and then this one was clearly And this was without Swift, Shark, and... We didn't have Swift or uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown, yeah. Unbelievable. No, you didn't have, you didn't have Shark either. He was out, too. Uh, I mean... I don't even know who your receiver was. Jerry Reynolds, maybe? I can't even tell you who your receivers were. Aaron Glenn, get him out of here. I knew T.J. Hawkinson, who I started in DFS, because I knew he was the only guy that was like available for your like, to throw to. I know you love I know you love Aaron Glenn. Get him out of there. 
I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull the plug on Aaron Glitt because one, this is his first year, if I'm not mistaken. He I don't think he was with this team last year. Trinity High School would be we'd be three also, and one with their defense. Also, right here's now. the thing: you don't you just don't have a lot of talent on defense, and you're running a new four three from last year's three four. Well, change it back. So, well, no, last year you just forty eight points. To I'm gonna the I'm gonna make you feel confident, and it's not gonna be this year. You have two first round picks. You get Trey Flowers' bad money off your books after this year. I believe you, uh, what was the other linebacker you spent way too much? Uh, Mark uh, Brockers, the guy you gave like $40 million to for some reason. Patricia gave out some bad contracts when he was there. Those all come off your books this year. You spend all that money in those draft picks on defense, and this time in two years, the Lions can be somebody to compete with. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know that sounds crazy to say, like, thanks for telling me in two years, but I mean, as a Detroit fan, I mean, that's still like closer than anything else you've been to. I mean, Dan Campbell, I think he's a great motivator. I don't think he has any idea what he's doing when the game starts. Like, the, the, the late-game situations are baffling consistently. The in-game adjustments are non-existent. It's, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change the staff at all this year. I would just look I'm not to going to. It's yeah. too early yet. You have to, well, plus, you're talking about Detroit. Detroit, the, the, the I'm Ford, aware of what we're talking the about. The Fords are very patient when it comes to, to coaching staffs, for the most part. They're not calling shots anymore. Well, it's the grandkids now. They're out of there. Well, the, it's still the Ford family. They're done. <laughs> I know grandma's like 98, but I know she doesn't make the decisions anymore. It's been like, it's like the granddaughter, I think now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's the grandson or granddaughter or something. Yeah. I think they're, they think they're, they're, they combine for it, but it's the younger, which, which actually works out well. Cause that's what happened with the Bengals. When Mike kind of let grand, the granddaughter take more control, the Bengals actually started playing better. Uh, so many points that on the Thornton Sykes line, 502-414-1450, and I'm seeing it on Twitter uh, via at NotMattOnline247, which is a great uh, great account. There have been, because the ACC Players of the Week came out today. Oh, wow. We have not had a single ACC Player of the Week, and they do like every position in this conference. We've helped contribute to some. That's where I'm going. <laughs> okay. Zay Flowers was the ACC Wide Receiver of the Week. Oh, yeah. So somebody was like, how many times have we been on the receiving end of like getting somebody, an, an opposing player, ACC Player of the Week? This year? Since Satterfield got it, this year has oh. been every single week. We've had at has least it literally been every, every single week. We've had five games every single week. Somebody on the other team has gotten ACC Player of the Week or their conference. Three I games, guess. I should say, three games in the ACC, yeah. uh, all three times. We had the tall guy from Florida State, of course, uh, lighting <laughs> us up. I think um, <laughs> the tall guy. Yeah, well, Schrader probably or Tucker was Garrett, probably I think they, one. I, I think they both were actually. I believe. Oh, great, we got comboed. We got doubled up. <laughs> we got doubled down on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And Zay Flowers this week. So here, surprised Gill didn't get an honorable mention too. Probably did. So at not Madeline twenty four seven found there have been twenty nine weeks uh, in which the opposing player could have gotten ACC Player of the Week during the Satterfield era. Of those twenty nine weeks, the opponent has gotten at least one ACC Player of the Week seventeen times. Seventeen out of twenty nine, and it's happened all three weeks this year. <laughs> That's got to be the highest percentage of any other coach. Has to be. There's no way. I mean, 17 out of 29, that's, what is that, like 54%, 50, almost 60%? It's above 50. It's above it's 50. It's solidly above 50. Yeah, I mean, I know it's I mean, I know it's above 50, but I mean, it's close to somewhere between 55 and almost 58%. I was like, Patrick, mathematician yeah. over here. I was like, what's what? Classic manual education. He's still, a math, he's still taking math classes. It's still fresh in his mind, opposed to us. <laughs> and we, we pretty much burned that no memory fall out. I never had any. Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> once they started putting letters into math, I was like, I'm done. Once, Fifth grade, I was like, I'm out. Once they put a calculator in my phone, I'm like, screw you guys. I mean, I'm, uh, 50, I mean, there's no way that anybody's even close to that. Probably not. I mean, maybe Georgia Tech with, 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 Je with uh, Jeff with a G Collins. But. 
I mean, I don't even know if that's true. All right, so how many times? So 29 gate weeks <clears throat> under Satterfield playing an ACC game. <clears throat> Excuse me. How many of those weeks do you think that we've had at least one ACC player of the week? Four. Well, more than that. I'm, I thought I was being generous with four. Eleven. <laughs> okay. Eleven. Because, I mean, again, they don't just do— Well, I'm do, thinking Malik had at least probably three or four. They don't just do offensive player. They do quarterback, oh, okay. running back, okay. wide receiver, offensive lineman. Now, but but uh, and the stat you gave me of the 17 to 29 of us, that's all offensive, right? No. Oh, that is both sides? Both sides. I thought it was literally just on the offensive side. It's both sides, but— the majority of these players, if you look at them, are offensive I mean, players. of those 17, I would say probably 15 of them are offensive. Well, there are a lot of weeks where we've had multiple guys. For instance, when we played Miami a few years ago, we got three of their players named Player of the Week. Uh, Derek King was the quarterback of the week. Bubba Bolden was the defensive back of the week. And Jose Borregalas was the uh, Borgalis was the special teams player of the week. It's called the Triple Crown. <laughs> triple Crown. Yeah, this is it's a, it's a depressing list to look at. Uh, this year, Sean Tucker and it wasn't Garrett Trader. It was Marlo Wax, the linebacker. We're both oh, players even of the better. League. Couldn't uh, he give it to Mike Jones? Johnny Wilson, the tall guy, was a uh, receiver of the week. And then uh, not just Zay Flowers, but the uh, the Unwuba guy, the defensive lineman, was the defensive lineman of the week this week for BC. So equal opportunity rewarder here. Good God. <laughs> it's all so sad. <laughs> Satterfield's such a giver. He's just he's, he he cares so much about the kids. He doesn't just not he just doesn't concerned on making all his own look good. He wants everyone to look good. You know what I'm most sad about? It's that kind of attitude that keeps you keeping your defensive coordinator two years beyond the, its life expectancy. You know what I'm most sad about is they ruined my my turnover stat this weekend. It was so it's it's now it's less staggering because we lost a game where we had three, well, it's, it's we three. turned them over three times and we didn't commit a, commit a single turnover. But well, I guess we did. Doman through the interception late. But the. Uh, but that stat was it wasn't like we were we were undefeated with the turnover stat. We had two losses. I know, but now we are And they were both last year, I might add, by the way. They were. And now we're fifteen and three. So all three of those have been in still two and seventeen when losing it. <laughs> it's not great, it's just less staggering a little bit. At least we won the two. The thing about like the game, because if you talk to if you read like these the college football nerds who are out there, the football nerds out there, the, the guys who are totally analytic driven. So much of it used to be about turnovers, you know, turnovers being this sort of kind of lucky thing that would always go back and forth and, you know, bounce here, bounce there. Turnover, you know, guy makes a terrible throw into, into coverage, whatever. Now, turnovers, according to the advanced analytics, have become less imp- impressive. It's all been about explosive plays. And this game was a perfect example of that. I, I think. Oh, good Lord. We give up many, as much of those as anybody else. We do. And we don't, we're also not hitting on explosive plays. Like, we've been one of the most best explosive play teams in the country the last three years. Especially 2019, that was what we like, kind of made a, a living on, and now we're not getting those plays, and we're giving up a ton. I saw like Boston College because they had a, a ridiculous amount of well, their total offense ended up being like 470 some odd yards, and they came in averaging like 283. The quarterback was like what 19 of 22. Yeah, and he had over 300 passing yards. Jakovich had been awful before this, statistically before this game. And honestly, and, and if it wasn't for the just utter like human blunder of him throwing it backwards to his running back, which is one of the greatest plays of all time, and 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 not and and kind of just dropping the ball on the sack, losing the ball on the other sack where their offensive lineman didn't even try to guard our defensive end. Which I mean, I, I could have blocked that guy. I could, I would have at least tripped him or something. But here's the the, the, the those the are explosive plays conversation. To go back to it, just to wrap it up real quickly, like this is what I'm talking about. BC had 52 plays that got them a total of 200 yards. 
on their five biggest plays, they gained a total of 249 yards. Five plays essentially made up way more than half of their offense. No, I can remember, I can remember all five. They had 13 plays of 15 yards or more. They ran 57 total plays of scrimmage. 22.8% of those plays went for 15 yards or more. The explosive play is what's getting us beat. It was what was leading to us beating, you know, winning these kind of 50-50 games in Satterfield's first year. We have not been hitting on it nearly as much in the last couple of years. We've still been a good explosive play team, but we've been giving up way too many. And now it's killing us this year. We're not getting explosive plays. We're giving up a ton, and we're 2-3 and three and the only 0-3 team in the ACC. It's like we lost a lot of talent some coaching staff before us gave us. And we have replaced it with not great players. And also the And yet we're still dependent on our one player who was left by said coaching staff. You know, I think the other thing too is the offense is like like this you don't see an offense like Louisville's anywhere else in the ACC. And I think there was a surprise factor in year one. There was you know, you can scout it at App State and it's going to look different when they do things with the, the players that Louisville had. And I think it caught a lot of teams by surprise in year one. They're not surprised now. And we're not changing up things enough to to keep the offense fresh. Because as much as we focus on the defense, and the defense has been abysmal for the last four years, it was terrible on Saturday, the offense has been bad this year too. Like I know we're putting up 30 more points. The offense has still been bad. I mean, it's been it's shown more flashes, though. Oh, and, for sure. And, and, I, and I don't know if it's as much the offensive system. I think it should be tinkered with a little bit because it does have kind of that mid, mid, mid-conference type feel to it too much with the running game. But, sorry. But also, I just feel like this, again, I mean, not to be mean, but you, you just, the talent level is just kind of not there in certain positions. It's the nicest way I can say it. And those positions are where it really kind of matters in terms of some of the skill position players. All right, let's go to break. Uh, we did not get the text line there. Next hour, it's all yours, text line. We're going to let you have at it. 502-414-1450. We'll try to get to as many as we can today. I know it's loaded up, as you would expect it's going to be, and I'm sure it's going to continue to be loaded up these, these coming days. You know what the conversation is. You know what it's going to be. We'll get to it next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Hour number two is on the way next here on 1450 and 961, The It's perfect. It's all you're three for three so far. It pains me to be laughing at this, but it's better than the alternative. It's the only thing that cheered me up last night. It's well, all, I, I mean, it's all I, you can well, do. Well, I watched Eagles highlights. <sighs> I don't even have. Yeah, I, I've got nowhere to turn. You got Blue Jays too. Blue playoffs, baby. You're living the sports life right I'm now. I'm a little worried. Besides maybe playing Seattle. I mean, I'm like, I'm like Jerry though. Like, I've got my some of my sports pro teams are up. My college teams are down. <laughs> like, but. The Blue Jays put the Mariners probably in the first round. They were five and two against the Shrimp. I'm a little worried. Mariners are like basically the Reds light now. <sighs> You've got three former Reds plus Jared Kalenic, who was a Louisville signee who never made it here because he got drafted so high. Yeah. The Mariners haven't made the playoffs in like twenties. They're like the longest streak in, in majors right now. I know. I'm kind of 
Yeah. I, even though, like, I, you know, I'm rooting for Dylan. Like, if the Yankees don't do anything, I'm. It's hard for me to pull against the Mariners. Their fan base has been so loyal. They have all these former Reds. Um, Are we? Do we come in third in this list? The Jays. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Dylan, the Yankees are in the regular season, and so my best friend who was in town last weekend, I told you he came over to, to meet John and, and all that stuff. They're back home now, and he lives in Dallas. And the Yankees are ending the regular season against the Rangers. Okay. So he and Dylan had lunch, and like I was just texting me afterwards. He's like, I was like, how does Dylan feel about the Maris family? He's like, he's like, he's like they're a little tired of it. They're, they're, they're a little tired of hearing from them, but that's okay. Uh, but he's I was like, still 61, isn't he? He's still 61. I saw somebody who was talking about, because, you know, they're – one of the big stories of the weekend is they keep breaking into college football games oh, to yeah, show Aaron yeah. Judge. And they're like, if you're just a college football fan who cares nothing about baseball, you think Aaron Judge sucks because they've shown like 12 <laughs> yeah. at-bats. He's either walked or struck out every single time. Like He's not. He's got two hits, I think, since they started doing this, and none of them have been home runs. So you're probably like, how has this guy hit 61 home runs? He's awful. I think when he was in Mexico, they kind of trolled uh, someone's account. Like there was uh, Someone put out the, the tweet that said, I forget which team it was, like apologizing to him, their game interrupted. Yeah. And New Mexico, who was playing UNLV, like on Fox Sports, like retweeted, uh, quote tweeted, it was like, "You won't have the interruptions in our game yeah. like, on, Fox, on Fox Sports against goes, UNLV." Yeah, CBS Sports because I watched a little bit of that game. I did too. That Shout UNLV out to, uh, to former card Aiden Robbins, who's yep. uh, still getting it done. He's the uh, he leads the FBS right now in rushing yards overall, uh, 506 yards total rushing for uh, for UNLV. So he's, he leads he leads the, the the country or whatever, and he, he's doing well. We watched Hassan Hall just shred. Who, by the way, is the ACC running back of the week? Pittsburgh's defense. The only, the only, you, you get where I'm going with this. The only comforting thing about that is, like, our running backs have been fine. Like, like the, the the traditional running game, Ty Evans was great on Saturday well, before true. he got hurt. Yeah. So, like, you, you kind of if this were if these were quarterbacks lining it up, then you'd be a little or receivers certainly you'd be a little bit more upset about it. But uh, props to Aiden well, Robbins. What's 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 his name? Ole Miss. He had a, he had two catches in the UK game, didn't he? Yeah, he's not doing that. He's not doing more than he did last year for us. Like True. he's getting like two catches per game. Yeah. I saw some UK fan was like, "What'd you even do?" And he was like, "Win." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I watched none, a little thing called victory. I watched none of the Kentucky game. I just thought it was it's so funny following, you know, just seeing like games on tweets because you know I do follow the UK. I follow you know Roush and TJ and you know the, some of the KSR guys that I've known for a while. Like, TJ went down to the game. I've got friends, yeah, friends who are UK fans. So you'll see the UK stuff pop up on your timeline. And like, is this how it, it was impossible to follow the game just based on their tweets? I guess because every team is <laughs> yeah. every fan base is so more negative on their team, like everybody else would be nationally. And like I, every time I'm seeing tweets, I'm like, they're down by like 35 points. And then I look at the score, it's like. Oh, it's 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 tied. It's like it's sixteen to nineteen, or it's it's whatever. And then they're like, "Game's over. We had chances to win this." I'm like, "Oh, they lost. Good." And then I'm checking. This, I'm like, "There's two minutes left. And they got the ball. and They're down three. What's going on? Like, what?" Oh, don't worry. They were just gonna. They were just waiting to turn it over again in the red zone. I didn't. Yeah, that's all I saw. Three the game straight was, possessions. They turned the ball over. I think in it their looked own, like Will Levis was bad based on yeah. the, uh, the the tweets and the highlights that I saw. But well, until he got towards the end zone, then he went bad. No, I said it looked like he was bad. Yeah, hold on to the ball. <laughs> and that clip of the defensive coordinators going nuts is what I've seen too from that game. I mean, that, he, the dude's he, belly just all over the place. <laughs> I did not see his finger. Oh, Levis's finger, yeah. He looked like uh, Matt Cross last year. No. Yeah, not good. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton Sex We'll take some text now. Uh, there are, I mean, a lot, as you might expect. I can uh, imagine most of them are probably in a similar like tone. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some repetitive things. Is there going to be a random guy in there be like, so what did anybody think about uh, House of Dragons last night? Probably. <laughs> which I have not watched. Which I'll appreciate. Week if you, one. Yeah. If he throws a little bit of a left uh, left turn, I'll be I'll be good with that. Yeah, I'll be okay. Text says, I never want U of O to lose a game. 
but a genuine sigh of relief ran across my body after watching them lose on Saturday. That clearly cannot coach this team. I don't care about losing this recruiting class at this point. Maybe you salvage a few players, but I am ready for a new coach. Josh Gaddis, Todd Monken, hell, I'll take Bill O'Brien after a couple of years of being at Bama now. If BC played the same game against the other ACC schools on Saturday, they would have lost by two touchdowns. Only Satterfield can coach that game to a defeat. Kicking it off on a high note. I'm not as... I'm not 100% sour on Satterfield as an actual coach by himself. It's just the fact that he's made the wrong decisions along the way, and he's just going to have to live with them. What do you think about the going for fourth down? We, we went for it again. We didn't get it again. Near midfield. <laughs> I actually didn't hate it. That's the way you preference Went for it again. Well, I think we didn't get it I again. believe we're 4 of 12 on fourth down <laughs> attempts so far this year. Like the choosing to go for it, like it's great. Like when he's like, the stats say like you should do it. Eventually, we're going to have to pick up some of these. You deliver that like you should deliver like Chandler. We went for it again and lost it again. But lost it again. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't hate that call specifically. There were other things that happened. I, I, the red zone play calling is what gets me. It's. I, it reminds me of Charlie Strong when we would get third and one, fourth and one. He always, because you know, he's Charlie was like big on in the trenches football. Like, if you can't get a yard, what are we doing here? And so we would always just run a straight dive. And I'm like, I get that, but you have to understand, it's a numbers game here. Like, if they're putting five guys all like right at the line of scrimmage, like in the middle of the line of scrimmage, and we've got three guys to block those, everybody's crashing down. Like, you're not going to win that battle. And we would get stuffed all the time. I'm like, just a little play action. And finally, Charlie came off that a little bit. We're kind of doing some of the same stuff where it's like. Dive, 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 straight up, straight up. So I'm like, you've got one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the country. Give him a chance to make a play out well, there. They, and the only time we pick up something on short, uh, on third or fourth and short, is it when we call a pass play and it's broken and Malik just runs, which well, is our best offense anyway. You're talking about the the play where Malik Malik looks lost in the pocket and he realizes there's no one in front of me, so I'm going to go forward yeah, and get touchdown. It's our best offense. Oh, okay, I didn't know if that was a, like designed that way or. So a lot of people were like, <laughs> a lot of people were like, I think that was designed. I think that was designed. I reached out to someone. On the staff would know. It looks like he turns around to see the running, hand the ball off, and the guy's not there. Yeah. He's like, uh, and he looks the other way, and there's no one there. So I reached out. They were like, it was that was not a design play. It was not a design play. It did run. not look designed. It wasn't. Uh, but if it was, it was like, they're like, it was a brilliant play call. I'm like, if it is, more power to him because that was brilliant. He's really sold it on it being a pass play and then took off. And they were like, no, that was not a, that was, that was not a design run. Was it supposed to be a run? Well, no, it was supposed to be a pass. But, like, you know, th- we have a lot of RPO stuff, like where you have potentials yeah. to hand it off or you have potentials to run. And Amazed me I was like, more. I was like, was Malik running like one of the options in that play? And he was like, well, it's always an option on every pass play. So, <laughs> but no, they were not expect they were expecting that ball to be thrown. Um, but that's our best offense. So, what are you gonna do? Texture says, is there a GoFundMe for an Uber ride for Satterfield to take him back to Boone? No. <laughs> Would that be expensive Uber? The guy has not texted in since June when he said, I heard there was an anime party tonight. I'll bring the sticky icky if Trevor brings the Arby. That's my anime guy? Where's he been? <laughs> Waiting to be so has mad to text like, back into the in show. He's been in like an Arby's coma? Where you been, buddy? Uh, Texas says, Brown is still employed. Uh, this is his ranking in opponents' long scrimmage plays. In terms of plays, 10 yards or more, Louisville's 87th in the country. In allowing 20 plays of 20 yards or more, 125th. 30 yards or more, 102nd. 40 yards or more, 126th. 50 yards or more, 115th. 
I'm assuming the larger number is not the better one in this case. None of those numbers are good. Like, like you're 115th, so I'm not number one. That's good, right? Like, no, that's it's the opposite of the way around. There are 134, I believe, FBS teams. So there's only there's only 19 schools that have given up more 50 yard plays than us. That is correct, and only eight schools that have given up more 40 yard plays. And of those us. 19 schools, odds are probably maybe what three or four of them are, are, are Power Five teams. If they are, I'm. I'm pretty certain their record is below 500. I don't want to know who those teams are. I'm guessing they're not good. I mean, I'm sure there's one or two. That I'm pretty, I mean, I mean, I can see maybe Northwestern. I don't Indiana. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's one of them up there. But I mean, Indiana's three and two, so I guess they really can't talk too much trash about them. But Texas says, "So, Mike, listen, man, I'm down bad. We've been 30 <laughs> piece by UK like three times in a row. We yeah. haven't had good football in years. We've yeah. been stuck in sports purgatory for what feels like a decade now. Yeah. Maybe we need to get the horny people back in here." <laughs> The horny people never really left. <laughs> We've still had some sex stuff going on the last five years. <laughs> that hasn't changed. But, yeah, maybe we need the horniest of the horny back. I mean, I'm pretty horny. Well, <laughs> maybe not you. Okay. Per se. Put me in charge. <laughs> Texas is assuming Trevor has been tailgating since noon for today's radio show. His shirt's off. DoorDash orders from multiple Arby's locations in front of him. Let him loose. Let him thrive. <laughs> I mean, what I can't come in here. Today was a more of a perfect day for your like diatribe at the beginning because because we've done the screaming show before, I, I've, and I've been doing it. Like I'm the one I have been like screaming from the mountain for going on what now six months. I mean, going to pa- pretty much the cut game last year. The cut game was the that was the death the death blow to me for this 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 program. Like I. I jumped back on board. I fell for it. I went. I, I put my. You put, thought we were beating UK. I went out there, and they just completely and utterly embarrassed me. And then Air Force did the same. I mean, like I said, Kentucky was putting me on life support. Air Force was smothering me with a pillow. I mean, and now just every game since then has been throwing dirt on my grave. And and I I, I can't come out here and yell about it anymore. I've done it. I've been we, there. We've done. I mean, you've I, heard everything. What what do you want me to say? Just go listen to any of the Monday exactly. shows, and you'll hear what I've said about it. We, I mean, we both have. Like, we've had like the Ole Miss. You've been show. hanging on a little more. Like, yeah. you, you keep hanging. You've been having. Like you said earlier in the show, I'm, I'm hoping to be for six or seven games this year. I've said, I keep bringing that. Well, we bar. both picked seven games at the beginning of the season. Well, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm a pothead. I have an excuse. So <laughs> I think we've done. I think we've pretty much said the same stuff. I'm, I'm the. I'm the poster child of drugs are bad, okay? My whole thing has been... You can't take what I... No one listens to what I say. My whole thing has been I'm hoping to be proven wrong, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I'm not. Like, there's that hope is gone. Like, I think you have to, to say, see things for what they are. I, I haven't said it... I, I couldn't have said it more clearly. I mean, I, the Ole Miss game last year, first game, I come back, It's you were gone after that game. Yeah, yeah. I sat here for three hours and just talked about how like this is not good enough. I don't feel like this is a good fit. Nope. I feel like we're going in the wrong direction. And that mentality has not changed. I think we've all been hoping that something was going to come and happen and, and things were going to get turned around. And there were little sparks here and there. We thought the UCF game last year might turn things around. We thought the UCF game this year might turn things around. And in the end, it's just it's, it's not going to happen. Nope. It, it's We are who we are. And this was our big storyline. I wasn't falling for the UCF game, by the way. I, I, it didn't do it for me. Nobody did. I mean, I, I knew. I think people were happy that we won, but I don't think anybody no. was. Everybody wanted to see more, and yeah. we have not. We 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 all kind of in the back of our minds, even if you're the the biggest rainbows and sunshine fan, you knew subconsciously that this was probably more likely than not. And here we are. What we all feared was going to happen has happened, and it's just it's it's not going to get better. It's not, and I think we're going to end up having to make a move. 
Uh, Texas, I honestly think Satterfield should get the full season to coach, but I have a gut feeling Hurd will make a move in the season if this ship continues to sink. I, I am not a fan of dismissing coaches midseason. I mean, I guess Petrino wasn't even midseason. He was, what, two games left? Dude. We had two left, yeah. Was it two left? Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean that may be, that that's about the that's the earliest I would do. I'm not. I know Colorado. Now Colorado's a different. That's a horse of a different color. Yeah, we have like five coaching uh, vacancies already. Yeah, and Colorado maybe I could see to a point because they're taking be like sixty to nothing by everybody. They've clearly given up. So I mean, but Wisconsin one's weird. Now it's open. I mean, Arizona that, State's open. I mean, Nebraska's and, open. And, 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 and yeah, I mean. Those are those are that's competition, by the way. We've us. got we have a lot of competition, and you assume that there are going to be more jobs open relatively soon, like when I mean, the season's over. Right, right now, are we on the same level of any program? Auburn's going to be open for sure. Okay, so the jobs that are probably we know they're going to be Auburn better than us. Yes. Uh, Wisconsin better than us. Yes. Colorado probably better than us. Probably yeah. Uh, who else is going to be maybe open? Tech's open. They're worse than us, but they could get Dion. That's who? competition. Georgia Tech is open, but they could. Georgia Tech's similar. They're they're on a similar they're level, but us. they have Atlanta at least, which Th- is their facilities suck. That's true. Okay, so you're I, yeah. I'm also just thinking about just the program. Arizona this, State, I think slightly I think, worse than us. Yeah, I think would put us ahead above Arizona State. Nebraska better than us. Yeah, better in yeah. terms of what they can offer. Oh sure. yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, and then they're a better program. I mean, there might just, be more open. Like you know, I mean. So just one, just one school that we can clearly probably say Georgia Tech. I would accept, but I think you can argue maybe on the same level. I think we're above Georgia we're Tech. Better than Colorado, we're but I don't know if we're better than Colorado. Colorado's, like, I mean, they have history, but Trevor's also stuck in the nineties. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm also stuck in reality too in some cases. I mean, they haven't done anything in thirty years. They got a national title, not in thirty years. No. Yeah, I mean, we've we'll been share of a we've time. been a better program than them since like the Rashawn Salam days. <laughs> I like Rashawn Salam. I do too. Except he blamed me for fumbles. Um, I'm too hot to hang on to the ball. <laughs> Texas, if we lose this Saturday, do we keep him? Yes, we don't fire him after that. What if we get blown out by Virginia on Saturday? I mean, who? Well, first of all, who are you going to promote? It had to be the Lance, wouldn't it? Mass Taylor. Yeah, that would be the only that'd be the only guy that can do it. Just give it to Pete Thomas. He's been doing the most of the recruiting anyway. I mean, because it's sure it's not going to be Brian Brown. Can you imagine they fire him after this <laughs> game and they promote Brian Brown to interim coach? Don't you think it would probably be if this – because I don't think this is going to happen My head would let's, explode. Let's, let's, let's entertain the hypothetical for a second. I think it would be one of those cases like the Wisconsin one where Satterfield and Brown probably got fired together. I would have. I would have and you'd keep same, McGriff yeah. would be the, the defensive coordinator. Taylor would get elevated to, to head coach. And then – Pete Thomas probably becomes the OC. I'll be honest with you. If they let Satterfield go and Brown isn't man enough to walk out with him, then that dude is as scummy as he is bad coaching. What if they elevate him to head coach and we just like go on a tear? We beat Clemson. We beat UK. And they, nothing they, in the world they make him the full-time there. head coach. I, I, you know what? I'd be like, nothing in this world makes sense. Maybe I do love salads. Brian Brown's like, maybe, he was making me coach this way. Maybe the godfather isn't as bad as I thought it was overrated. Maybe, maybe I'd... Maybe I do need to take a diet. I mean, maybe exercise isn't as bad as I thought it would be. I would I would question literally everything in my life if that happened. Now I kind of want it to happen. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I'd be like George Costanza. I'd do everything opposite of what feels natural to me the rest of my life. Texas says, I won't lie. I'm glad we lost. I want to be done with Satterfield and his Sunbelt coaching. The sooner the better. I'm not there. Like I'm never going to root against Louisville. The only time that I, I actively don't have to. Yeah, I, the only time that I actually remember being in that position was, like, the Ron Cooper the last season. And I remember we were already down, like, 
56 to 7 to that uh, Sean King Tulane team. And I remember at that point listening to the game in my car. We had like a basketball game or something. Good team, by the way. And I just remember like listening and being like, oh, they run it up. Because at that point, like, we're not going to come back and win. I'm like, I want this to be as bad as possible so we get rid of this guy. And it was such a terrible feeling. It was so low. I never want to be there again. We're kind of we're trending in that direction. I mean, we have people saying they're out right there in that spot where they're like, I don't. I would take four and eight this year if it means he gets fired over another six and six season where we keep him because I can't do the six and six stuff anymore. I I have and never will root for Louisville to lose. Right I, for, for the record and in, in the certain examples like Cooper's last year, Cracker last year, uh, two thousand eighteen, and somewhat this year. I, I I made a tongue in cheek joke, but I'm not lying. I don't have to root for him to lose. They're doing a damn good job on their own, but in those seasons, there wasn't a. I, I, I'm not saying I rooted for us to lose, but I couldn't wait for the damn year to get over with. You're not as engaged like, when, you, when games. I, I don't. Want, I'm going to watch the games, but you know what? I'm I'm like your tweet. I'm already dead inside. You really can't. At a certain point, I'm not going to just get mad about the loss because. What the hell? I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I expected it. I'm used to it. Let's get let go on and get this blowout over with. Get this season done, and let's move on and do something different. And in those years, I've been that way. Well, Cragthorpe was pretty much the entire three years he was there. But you know. it's like I mean, when we had the when it was obvious that Satterfield was going to be retained after the bowl game, after the you know the flirtation that was out there, after the conversation, all that stuff. I mean, we came on here and we were like, the next eight months are unwinnable. Which proved to not really be true because they the families got excited. He did about the find recruiting. a way. He did find he did. a way to to be the magic, the, the illusionist. Look at my hand right here. Look at this card. Meanwhile, I'm stealing your wallet from this card with right. hand. But our whole point was, it feels like we're doing this all just to go through the motions for another wasted season, another five and seven, six and six type year in 2022, and then it's going to be over. And it's like, well, we just we wasted. We could have gotten this process started a whole year sooner. And that's ex- like those worst fears have all been realized. Where this just feels like a, everybody's going through the motions. Why do we even have to do this? We thought this was going to happen. It's in the process of happening. Everyone recognizes that it's not good enough. Nobody's happy here. We, we This could have easily been avoided. And I do think that, I think Josh Hurd knows this. Knowing a little bit about Josh, knowing some of the people around him, and some of the murmurs, I don't think that he's sitting back and he's like, well... I'm okay with this. I want to see the, get a whole sample. I think Josh is unhappy. I think Josh recognized that this is not good enough, and I don't think he's going to hesitate to do what needs to be done when that moment arrives. And I don't God know if it's you, Josh. I mean, he's Josh has a good head on his shoulders. Like I, I absolutely trust him to not give in to like he's not going to be held captive by a recruiting class. He's not going to be held captive by the fan base if it calls for it. He's not going to be held captive by anybody. He's going to trust his instincts. He's going to trust what needs to be done. And I think. Like he he's not you know I see people doing the same thing I know we talked about this a little bit last week you know speak with your attendants when they come back home like no you don't even need to do that if you want to go to the game go to the game if you don't don't but like it's not like us getting eighteen thousand is going to make Josh Hurd and the powers that be at U of L be like whoa we got a real problem here they know what's going on well, those people were lost in the nineties the win loss yeah exactly <laughs> that's the, when it was before social media you could tag people the win loss record is is. It's telling the ultimate story here, and everybody knows that it's here for. Everybody knows that it's not getting done, and everybody knows that it's not getting better. And I mean, you know, whether we have a packed house or I mean, hell, Nebraska was packed. I, I, 
and rowdy for a game against Indiana. They're one and three. Everybody knows it's not good enough. It's not like they're going to bring back Scott Frost now because they had a the fans are still there. Like what what <laughs> well, needs to be done is going to get when done. Frost was there. Exactly. Like and it doesn't change things. Like it just it all comes down to the wins and losses. We're not getting enough wins, and that's the long and short of it. Texas says you have to fire Satterfield before the year is up. You need to hire a new coach in early December to give him time to retain some of the recruited players before the early signing period. Well, I mean, you're not going to – you really can't hire anybody. I mean, depends also on who you're looking to hire. If you're trying to get a head exactly. coach from somebody, they got a bowl game. I mean, it goes back to the conversation we had during basketball season where it was, you know, if you, Kenny Payne's available from day one. If you want to get him and get the ball rolling, you can hire him sooner. But then you also take away the possibility of hiring a coach who's in the middle of chasing a national title or chasing a Final Four because you're doing it before the NCAA tournament's done. So timing is an issue. If you feel really good about, like, a big-time coordinator – at a big-time program that's going to be playing in maybe the playoff or maybe a New Year's Six game, you can hire him in early December, have him recruit the class, and he can still maintain his job and coach mm-hmm. in those games. Yeah. Like That's the route that you can go. But if you're looking to hire like a, a big-time coach who's going to coach his team in a bowl game, he may not want to leave before that game. A, head, a guy who's a head coach right now. Or I mean, well, we've seen we've seen him leave a lot but, but in the past. I mean, it's yeah, but sometimes like, guys don't want to do that. Like, you know, do I don't know. I hate that we even have to talk about this. I'm, I'm not ready for it. It's, no, get ready for it. This is going to be good. next three months. I mean, it's three months of this. If you're wondering how we're going to fill this, this next upcoming, uh, you know, some, some it's going to be every fill. day. It's coach, coach search, baby. Every day. I mean, I, I came here to the studio. We had, you know, Troy's here. A couple other guys are here. And that's the first, this conversation is like, give me some names. And I'm like, you can listen to that conversation for the next three months on the radio show because that's what it's going to be. It's what it was with basketball from January until April. We had that conversation the entire time. I mean, you know, Kenny Payne's coming up. You know, would Scott Drew listen? Got to make Jay Wright say no. It's exhausting. It's repetitive, and it's what we're in for now. And that's what happens when you can't beat freaking Boston College and you go 0-3 in an ACC slate that is at Syracuse, at BC, and at home against FSU. At least with the basketball search, you have, you have, it's a different world compared to the football. Where oh, for sure. It's like football is just so much more. It's like watching the Breakfast Club on edited TNT or something. It's just not as, it's not as good. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be as fun. It's not. And I mean, there's also I feel like so much it's more. Gonna be a lot of names. We're gonna be like, that's not a chance. Or like, or like, who is that guy? Like, you know, it's gonna be a mix. Yeah, there's so much guessing. I mean, because the thing was, except for with, one name with college basketball, and I say this knowing that we hired a guy who'd never been head coach before, but. By and large, when you are a program like Louisville, the candidates that you're getting are established head coaches who have been head coaches for a long period of time. You know what their system is. You know what they do well, what they don't do well. You can debate their NCAA tournament resumes, all that stuff. With college football, Louisville being where they are, you're going to have a lot of coordinators who are considered candidates for the job. And there's no way to accurately predict how they're going to do making the jump from coordinator to head coach. No, because, And that's true at any level. Well, look at Satterfield before he came here. I mean, you could— Easily be, I see a reason to be excited about it just on paper, but you don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, and also, yeah, head coaches who have been at the group of five level making the jump to power five. How's now, that going to go? You that, just, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it fail and we've seen it flourish. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a coin flip. It is. It also sucks. I mean, because a lot of times when it comes to these guys, it's on paper for people like me, but. You know, you could have a few conversations with Satterfield, maybe think he probably couldn't, wouldn't be able to handle this situation. Yeah. Um, Texas, I know that's on someone who I'm not going to name because you know. Yeah, Texas, I know that midseason firings are expensive and messy, but with an eye to the future, establishing that new relationship with kids who I hear are willing to stay, depending on the new coach, would uh, acting sooner not be better than later? I know that we are. I mean, you have a lot of balls in play here. You, one, we're 
a little bit cash-strapped right now. Satterfield's buyout doesn't go down until December 31st. Two, who are you targeting? Who could come in here and, and keep that recruiting class together? Imagine we get rid of Satterfield, we swallow the however many million dollars it is to fire him on like November 20th or, or December 15th, and we bring a coach in here and we, the recruiting class still falls apart. Why We just wasted millions and millions of dollars that we could ill afford to waste. I mean, it's a poor Josh Hurd, man. Again, he's only, he hasn't even had the job for a full year, even at the interim level. And he's dealing, he's dealt with unprecedented territory when it comes to a basketball coach leaving in the middle of the year. He's had to negotiate that buyout, go through the hiring process. We've hired, like, what, three men's basketball coaches in the last 100 years, pretty much. And now he's got a football deal that is insanely awkward and insanely hard to navigate. Meanwhile, the IRP stuff's still hanging out there. We don't know what's going to happen with that. The sooner the better, guys. You throw us a bone. Give us some good news. My God, we need it. This has all been in like a eight month. And Josh also wasn't planning on getting the job out of nowhere in December. Vince just bounced out, yeah. of, out of nowhere. So did the president. Didn't leave him the best situation, but. Texas says, uh, Dan mentioned this on the podcast, and I haven't done a ton of research to support it, but what are your thoughts on an assistant or coordinator from a successful P5? Is that a safer hire than a head coach from a group of five or lower program? I, I have no I, I'll Historically, it's been better for us. Yeah, and I have no problem with it now. Don't ask me to give you names of people who I think – Same. Would, because I don't – I mean, I, I know some names. I've told you I like the kid, you know, the Texas Tech guy from who came from Western, but he's also like 32 years old. I don't think he's getting this job right away. He probably needs a couple more years to show it. Let's do the Rams thing. Uh, I mean, you could do the Rams thing. Our I mean, young guy. Yeah, I mean, you can do that that pass through the offensive uh, offensive side of things. Now we'll say, would you prefer? Where do you lean in terms of your head, who who you hire, and whether it be coordinator, head coach, being offense or defensive minded? I always go offense minded. As, like as a Louisville fan, I mean, strong was defense. Strong was defense, and it got a little bit annoying at times. Now, granted, we didn't know we were going to be like. It's easy to look back and be like, well, at least we won games. At the time, you, you remember people were, like, pissed that we were only beating Memphis 20-10. to 10. We weren't throwing the ball with Teddy enough. No, I mean, the defensive guys, the problem with defensive guys, too, if you, a lot of times you get a more close to the best offense from them. Yeah, I know you're a defensive guy, but I'm – I would know. I'm kind of leaning off. I, find, I think it's easier to get an offensive guy. I, I, don't know. I just want to win, man. To me, offensive guys seem to be more – more letting go of the, the reins on what happens on defense if you have a good, good defensive coordinator. Like, defensive guys get mad when the offense puts their defense in bad situations. Yeah. Offensive guys usually don't usually care unless the defense is giving up, like, 60 points. Like, they, they're they they're not worried about getting their offense out there in a short, quickly again. So, you just, but the thing with offense, if you're getting an offensive guy, like in Petrino, you just got to be able to get a defensive guy that, that can do the job. That's, that's tougher to do. Or at least you can find one that's going to do the job and get along with you. I feel so bad for the UVL social media department. Like, they just know every tweet they put out there. It doesn't matter what it is for Louisville football. Oh, people are just going to poop on it. Like, today, like, just now, like, a couple hours ago, they, they put out there, like, primetime spotlight, catch Tutu Atwell on Monday Night Football. And the first response, this guy and seven, eight others left over from Petrino were the only reason Sat was somewhat successful in year one. It's, and then, of course, bring Brom home guys doing his thing. It's just <laughs> people are just furious at, like, anytime they, like, they put out, like, Another game week coming up. They got. They have to do their job. They're not. These guys aren't playing. The social media team isn't playing in the games, and they're just getting absolutely lit up. Why would I watch this sorry ass team? I'm like, yeah, and they know what they're getting. It's just. It's, I compare Satterfield's run beginning of last year to being another Ron Cooper run. You know, using up the talent left and then diminishing till we get to the rock bottom. I hate when I'm right sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's. I didn't want to be. Nobody did. 
I didn't want to be right. Nobody did. We've all. I said at the very beginning of the show, like, I didn't think it was a good fit. We said as much when he was rehired. We hoped to be wrong. It was the best thing for the program if we were wrong, and none of us were wrong. <laughs> Damn it. It's a bad fit. I can't be this right sometimes when I'm buying lottery tickets. <laughs> uh, we got to go to break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll, we'll take more text. I mean, there's the text line. Every time I open one, we get like seven new ones. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll do as much as we can. We'll get to as many texts as we possibly can. You really can. want it read? Just text something. Text something of not about U of L football, maybe. Well, I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to go in order here, so I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not skipping ahead. Get some I, love for the Eagles, baby. Maybe, maybe we'll get some love for the Eagles. Uh, before we do that, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, hit up our friends over at AirServe because they have technicians available for you 24/7. The only place in the area that you can call at 4 a.m. And you're going to have guaranteed somebody there to take your call and a guaranteed technician ever to, able to come out to your house or your place of business and fix the problem. Call them today at 502-264-9662. That's 502-264-9662. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, they'll make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home or your place of business. We love our guys over at AirSurf. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll read more texts. The Mike Rutherford Show. The commiserating continues here on 1450 and 961. Like the first person says, you're getting me closer to pushing me off life's little edge. Look, Satterfield. <laughs> Are you ready to be cheered up, though? Yes, please. I mean, because you cheered me up getting uh, getting a gift from your wife today. Uh, thank you card for the present. Well, the, thank you, no. The, uh, thank you, no. Picture of Virginia. She's sitting here now on the uh, board and she'll forever be part of this uh, facilities here. The thank you note was from both of us. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Did you not notice the handwriting? I watched these from Virginia. And, and, and something tells me you had nothing to do with this. I, this is an idea. I got sweat in my eyes. killing me right now. No, I'm sorry. It's burning. But I'll power through that as I close one eye because it's burning right now. What a hero. I am. I'm a He's here for the people. I'm here for the people. I'll do everything for you. You and me both, man. You're fight, you've been fighting long COVID for, for, like, Heroically. for like eight years. Like, like you, you were fighting even before COVID was a thing. Speaking of uh, 8, 10, 11 years, do you know what happened on 11 years ago today? Hmm. So 2011, October 3rd. October 3rd. We were in the middle of a very good uh, second season for Charlie Strong. Teddy was doing some good stuff. Actually, we just come off a loss to Marshall, but yeah. Okay, well, it's not not great there. <laughs> so, was that when we extended Charlie Strong? No. Did the Lions do something? No, probably not. I was gonna say no. What happened? Eleven years ago. Eleven years ago today. Premiere of something. The birth of Big X Radio. Oh! We are 11 years old today. Happy birthday! On this day, 11 years ago, around 9 a.m., you were hearing Dan Patrick on the air. I, amazingly, believe it or not, was up there and putting it on the air. I was awake in time. 
Uh, and then, little nine pound, eight ounce, little baby boy, <laughs> yeah. little big X baby boy. <laughs> big X was a baby, probably be like ten pounds. Yeah, huge. <laughs> Man, eleven years. years today. What a way to celebrate all the highs and lows. Here we are talking about that. Can we? Like how you were like, what what was good going on that time? <laughs> uh, now I'm trying to think of since we've been on the air, which is now 14 months. We've had very few just like over-the-top celebratory things to get into. The highlight of our, well, at least of Louisville's tenure since we've been together. Because all the highlights have been probably like just stuff between just you and me or off the air stuff. It's like the baseball walk-off. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was going to say is this, the Central Florida interception win. Probably. That's probably it, honestly. That's where my, my, my mind went. That's probably the high points as we did the show. I mean, it has to be probably God. in terms of on the field or, I mean, if not. Was it the Bahamar championship? It was not the, the, the Bahamar. Well, maybe Bahamas championship. <sighs> no, because I would, I would rank, the, I would rank uh, uh, Bus Boom's run to the Final Four over that. Yeah. This is a sad conversation. This is not making me feel better. I mean, both wins against Kentucky in regular season in volleyball, women's volleyball. Yeah. Not a whole lot from football and men's basketball to cheer, choose from. Oh, basketball! Like yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, we what? have not. We have not. Patrick's right. We have not lost Kentucky men's basketball since the show started. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> we haven't lost Kentucky men's basketball since pre-pandemic. COVID <laughs> wasn't even a thing. No American cases of COVID. The last time Louisville lost Kentucky in basketball. Don't let people forget. Damn right. And that that goes for either basketball because the women's team has won I think seventeen straight over UK. So something like that. Probably that's about right. Suck it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. You guys have been as expected laying your thoughts out there today, and we appreciate it. Texas says, "What else does Josh need to see before he pulls the trigger?" Someone needs to ask him if this was the planet. If this was the plan that Scott was talking about that saved his job, well, we don't know. He wasn't in that conversation. Yeah, and I like to think at least, and at least the 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 part of me likes to think that. If it had been Josh, we wouldn't be even dealing with this right now. I kind of agree. Texas says Satterfield. Thanks, thanks, Vance. Another failed choice in you and your business life. (laughs) Texas says Satterfield has lost 22 games at UofL so far. In In 10 of those losses, they've scored at least 27 points. Six of them, they've scored over 30. Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder can see that Brian Brown sucks as a defensive coordinator. I can't believe he was even allowed on the plane coming home, let alone still has a job. This that that said is one of the reasons why when you look at me crazy and I have got to look where I'm like I'm not really I don't hate Satterfield as a coach. I think his system can be successful, but you know what you 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 lost all that good goodwill by keeping your buddy on. You had to you had the chance to let him go at the end of last year and you didn't want to do it. You wanted to be loyal. That's great. I mean, you want to be loyal to your other musicians, that's fine. Guess what? You and all the rest of them are going down with the Titanic. I used to have – Satterfield's record at App State when he was when his team scored 30 or more points was really good. And I would put it in the, the game day story, the preview story that I would do on Card Chronicle for a while there where it was like, like when Scott Satterfield is the head coach, his teams are like 55 and 6 when they score 30 or more points. And at Louisville, he's 12 and 3. And they they keep losing when they score 30 or more points now. And the stat became irrelevant because then it was like – they're 14-9 at Louisville when they scored 30 or more points. It's like not really a, a, a key figure to hit anymore. We're just we're not winning these games anymore. Well, it's because your defense is getting – and it's just yeah. sad that you're scoring over 30 points and you have that – that's just sad. 
Texas does at least fire Brian Brown now so we don't have to watch that side of the ball BS for the rest of the season and have a co-defensive coordinator for – we have a defensive co-defensive coordinator for a reason. I mean, letting him go is not going to change anything immediately anyway. I mean, no, it's, it's – it, I, I feel like the, the ship for all this stuff has sailed at this point. I feel like nothing is a better example of why Brian Brown's a bad coach. And if, if, there's a gluttonous of examples to pick from. I don't know if I use that word right. I don't care. The one that sticks out to me almost as much as anything is the fact that Craig Yeast left us and went over Russ. Rush Yeast. I don't care. Even might have been Craig, too. I don't care. Domino Yeast. And he went to left us. It was awful here. Left, and everybody's like, bye, peace. No, who cares? These first team all-conference is one year Kansas State. He made his NFL debut last week. Played in the NFL last week. He looked like he couldn't cover anybody from... You know, me Duke, Duke last year. Me. Yeah, and he's he goes to, to Kansas State. He's first in team all Big Twelve, year, and he goes to the NFL. In one year of good coaching, look what he's become. I'm with you. I mean, that is that there is never a better example of that than anything else. Texas, wait, Trevor has been with the Big X since his birth. Is this Trevor's longest stretch of employment at a company? It's gotta, oh God, it's got to yes. be by like ten years. Yeah, not even close. The closest to this would have been Cardboard Heroes. That was four years. I'm here at 11. Texas says, would Brom take a pay cut to come home? Yes. I think so, yeah. I think Brom would have taken a significant pay cut last year to come home, and he admitted as much. And I think he would do it again, should the situation call for it. Texas, by the way, Germany reunified on October 3rd, 1990. Did they really? Yeah. I remember that. You no, know, you know it's weird. You said I actually have still the the Courier Journal paper of the the Berlin Wall coming down. Do you really? My grandmother saved. I don't know why. It's one of those, it was one of those weird, like just saved items, and I still have that newspaper. I, I, I still remember reading the newspaper that day. I didn't remember it being in October. I don't remember the date. I just remember uh, Hasselhoff singing "Freedom" on top of the wall in a very colorful jacket. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, come on! How do you? How do you? That's when I knew it wasn't going to work. How, how do you not like? I'm like, I'm like Knight Rider. I mean, Trevor's like, like Knight Rider singing. Texas Trevor trivia time. Okay. Did you know? Probably not. That the immortal Jed Fish was Ooh. a college roommate at the University of Florida with one Howie Roseman, the current Eagles GM. I. No way. They said that's trivia. Hallie Roseman's been with the Eagles for a while. He and Jed Fish. They learned everything from one another. Jed Fish, who, by the way, won again this weekend. Covered on Colorado. They destroyed Colorado. Forcing Colorado to fire their coach. Jed Fish, the, he's the Widowmaker. He, what he, what he gives, they take this away. I'm not, now I got to look that up. Do it. Hallie Roseman, I'm, I have been mixed feelings on Hallie Roseman every now and then. Hallie Roseman, I trust with all everything I have. Of him being picking up free agents. When it comes to drafting in the first round, Hallie Roseman is like Brian Brown calling a defense. Texas says, not very good. I know we won't be held hostage to this recruiting class, but it kills me inside that we will 100% lose Ruben Owens, Moore, and Clarkson unless we sign an awesome coach, but I don't see that, unfortunately. I think that there's, rightly or wrongly, he went to Florida. there is, I can tell you this, amongst like the, the higher-ups at UofL, there is some optimism that they can keep this recruiting class together with or without this current coaching staff. I don't know if it's everybody in this recruiting class, but some of the big names, namely Ruben Owens, they feel confident about. I don't know if that confidence is well-founded or if it's irrational, but they, they, they're they saying that. So we'll see. I, I'm 
I don't think it's a done deal that if we get rid of Satterfield that everybody's just going to go. I think it's certainly a possibility. I think it would help if we do hire an offensive-minded coach. An ex- or an exciting name. Yeah. Someone who resonates with the kids. Let's see here. So name this offensive-minded. Which coach is the most TikTok the followers? Kids. Deion Sanders? I can think. Well, I was thinking of someone else. Maybe um, first and last name begins. Maybe, you know, l- 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 rhymes with uh, Karam. Craig Braum. <laughs> I mean, he's got the kids know him. He's exciting. Do the kids know him? They will. They will. <laughs> they would. Just play. Just play the video clips. They've seen the. They've. They, he's gone viral multiple times. If they haven't, they will soon. Yeah, they haven't seen the the UF uh, the XFL clip or the uh, in the locker room versus was it before Penn State I think or somebody the the chair thing. Yeah, very. I mean, they'll see Street it now. between the lines. Texas, has anyone ever pointed out that this team slash program has not been the same since Dwayne Ledford left? Did he leave after season one? He left after season two. And I've said this before on the show. I don't mind saying it again. My understanding is, I mean, the way it was directly told to me, was he left as a direct result of the Satterfield-South Carolina thing. He was not kept in the loop. Satterfield did it without telling him. He thought that they had a very tight relationship, and they were kind of – he was Satterfield's right-hand man – so he was up for a head coaching job. He was a finalist for it was some school in the MAC, and I can't remember which one it was. But he was like, "If I get this, I was going to leave anyway. But now, even if I don't get it, I'm going wherever. Like I'm not coming back to Louisville. I'm pissed about this." He didn't get the head coaching job. He ended up getting the job with the with the Falcons, I think, in the NFL. Uh, but he was going to leave regardless. He he was he was fed up. He let people know when that news broke, "I'm done. I'm out." And we have not been as good since he left. I guess can I catch you a question. Sure. It's a little, little, little off topic, but not completely off topic. So, at least according to Jed Fish's Wikipedia page, this texture was right. It says, under early life, Fish was also a college roommate with Philadelphia Eagles Center Manager Howie Roseman. Uh-huh. This is in his early life. But if you go to Roseman's Wikipedia, it mentions nothing of it. You think you're better than Jed Fish, Howie? That what's this, if that's the case, I'm curious. You too good for Jed Fish? So, if that, would you feel that way if you if you saw that? Like it's on one person's? Yeah. Pointing out and not the other. For example, and this came up when I was doing the last bass games, uh, me and Nick Kern were talking about he realized, realizing that Jordan Travis was the younger brother of uh, Darren T- Travis, who used to play second base for the right. Blues. On the baseball players, it mentions nothing of the relationship. But on Jordan Travis' wiki page, it says, is the little brother of Dorian, Darian Travis. I think it's- It'd kind of be like if I had a Wikipedia page, <laughs> it'd be like went to Trinity High School, the same high school as like Jeff Brom and Brian Brom. But on their Wikipedia page, it's not saying anything about Mike Rutherford. Well, but that's... I think that's the same disparity we're talking about. Howie Roseman is a bigger fish than Jed, pun intended. <laughs> I was say, like that. I don't even want to debate it anymore, just ending on that pun. Yeah, good. I just want to let you end on that pun. Yeah. <laughs> Texture says, oh, this is a long text. Uh, the team is regressing. Malik, Malik looks like he has zero confidence throwing the ball. Um, zero effective check down options. Third and four, they don't get... Uh, to, they don't look to get five or six. Instead, let's go 25, 30 yards all the way across the field. Game management sucks. He should have gone for two on one of the last touchdowns. Being up six is a lot better than being up five. If you don't get it, you're still up four. Um, I'm done with that. Bring a in, long list of complaints. Bring in Luke Fickle. I know Brahma's the hometown hero, but Fickle is doing awesome at UC, and they have a good track record with head coaches. Yeah, If you can get Luke Fickle, you get Luke Fickle. We can't get Luke Fickle. I would love Luke Fickle. We have no chance of getting Luke Fickle. We, 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 we don't. No. I mean – if we do, then Josh Hart deserves his salary doubled. But we're not. Luke Fickle's next jump is going to be either to Ohio State if Ryan Day goes to the pros, 
or to an Ohio State like program. And I mean, I don't even think we'd be if Brian Brom. I mean, if Brian, I keep on saying Brian, but if Jeff didn't have the connections here, I don't think we're getting him out of Purdue. Well, we're also probably not going after him. Good point. True. Yeah. Texas says Scott's going to come to the presser tomorrow with a lip ring. Mix hat. it up. Why not? And we at, we Try something different. We begged for different hats. We asked you to yeah, come with a tattoo or something. We, we even asked. We begged. You know the thing about two begging, don't you, Scott? We begged you to wear a different hat. What if he came with the Ruben Owens like 502 Street sign tattoo and everybody's like, we don't need the loyalty now. We don't. We, this is what we, three years ago we would have liked to have seen this. Right now, this is it's having the opposite effect. And a cowboy hat. The cowboy hat matters, right? Texas says, um, Ultimately, I'm just deflated. What? Ultimately, I'm just deflated. Same. Well, yeah, pretty much. I think Duke and Kansas are good examples of how quickly things can be turned around. Not that they are playoff contenders, but they are winning teams after being a couple of the worst Power 5 teams in the country last year. Was Kansas that bad last year? Here's my problem with that, with it, because I'm seeing a lot of people saying that. Kansas, it's not just last year. They had not won more than three games in a season, I think, since 2012. So this was like 10 years of winning two or three or one game and then getting to a point now where they're 5-0. and oh. This was, And I guess if you're saying this is just all Lance Leopold, Leopold, whatever is how you pronounce his last name, matter, and that's yeah. a different conversation. But like, I would hope that it's going to be a lot less than like 10 years of us going 5-7, and 6-6 and six before we can finally get over that hump and have a really successful season. But, I mean, if there is hope, I guess maybe Kansas is giving it to us now, but it took him a long time to get here. He wasn't even that, like, blow your mind at Buffalo either when he got the job. No, he was like just kind of a, a good, not great Matt coach. I mean, I, honestly, I, his whole tenure there, I can only be remembered for having Tyree Jackson, the 6'9 wide quarterback who was just humongous and now plays tight end. Texas, Mike Louisville needs its swag back, and if you're not down with that, I've got four words for you. Bring prime time home. <laughs> I mean, are you... <laughs> Are you really that like overzealous to bring like Dion? I mean, Dion. If you're like a gung ho for Dion as the next guy, I feel that's just kind of like a publicity stunt almost more than an actual coaching hire. I mean, has he really done enough in two years at Jacksonville State to make you think that he's? Yeah, it's Jackson State. Whatever. Jacksonville State is the Ray Harper. Okay, point point right there. I can't. I can't, I can't remember which one it is. But yeah, you but you don't remember a lot of stuff. That's true. <laughs> Jackson State right now, by the way, is four zero. Um, and I've watched them play twice this year because they 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 actually show HBCU games on uh, a lot of blowout wins. They put them on was it uh, Big Fifty Eight for some reason like like that's the home of HBCU, nice. which is fine. I mean, but I so I watched them play Grambling and I watched them play somebody else too. And I can't remember what it was now. They blew them out. They killed Grambling. They've won all yeah. their games by healthy margins. They beat Florida A and M fifty nine to three. That was the other one A and M. Yeah, because I always like watching A and M because their helmets are cool looking. I think. They, uh, I mean, he's he's clearly getting it done down there. They've got more talent than anybody they're playing against. That's a given. I do think if you bring him in here, you have a much better shot to keep the recruiting class together than virtually anybody else you could hire. But I, George Tech's going to come after him. I think we know that. He's got Atlanta ties. I, I mean, if you came down to it and you were like, okay, you can have you can have Jeff Brom or you can have Deion Sanders, who are you taking? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't even think it's a question. I'm still taking Jeff. I mean, just be. I mean, if anything, the worst thing you can argue against Jeff is that he has more of a track record to to pick apart. Where Dion's still just kind of that new shiny toy. For sure, and there's, there's certainly more unknown with 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 Dion. But Jeff, I mean, 
you mentioned that. I mean, every, every Louisville fan who doesn't want Brahm is throwing out the stat there about how his record looks so much like Satterfield's uh, during his time at Purdue. I probably I, I would lean with I still go with Jeff, but I wouldn't hate bringing Deion Sanders in for sure. Of course, you can you can you want to argue the record in comparisons to Sat. I mean, the, there's a big difference though. Also, Jeff is at least giving glimpses of hope. Well, he's beating a lot of top twenty-five teams. Yeah, where where Sat hasn't even been in the same ballpark with teams that are even below his standard level, let alone against teams that are ranked higher. Yeah. Well, don't forget that Wake Forest game. It's the only one. Well, we almost even choked the game away. We might be James Madison in a few weeks, though. A ranked James Madison team. We might. I'd be almost bad at this point. <laughs> Just let them have their season. I mean, seriously, if you're James Madison, it's like, I mean, if you're you're the random James Madison fan who's actually watching something other than the cross for the first time in a decade, because that's what they're known for, and, and you're pumped about undefeated season, I almost feel bad to be the one to beat you now. It's been a big couple months for James Madison. I mean, it does nothing for us. They got Lizzo playing their flute. They're they're winning football games everywhere. Let them have their moment. Let them have their fall. I mean, what's, what's us winning that game do for us? Nothing. We'll still be in the same downward spiral that we were in anyway. You heard it here, folks. Trevor Kelsey is rooting for James Madison. Saying, the, He's pulling for let, James Madison. Let the poor guy have it. Texas Brock Domon. <laughs> Domon. I think Brock played poorly because they were saying his name like that. If they just said Brock Doman, he'd been fine. He would have yeah, been lighting yeah, that, it up. That's what, that's what that was the problem. That's what led to. I was yeah. like, stop saying his it's name like his that. Name. Brock Domon. I'm like, <laughs> you sound like an alien trying to correctly pronounce a human name. You know, they had no human. They never once thought to maybe look up who the backup quarterback was. <laughs> Is that is Evan Conley ever going to be healthy again? What's going? Is he even, even on what, the team? We don't even know what injury he has. <laughs> also, we've got no update on Malik Cunningham. Which it's a, this is how this is how checked out Louisville football fans are. The guy who is our entire offense, literally who the, the rest of the season hinges on. I haven't even seen like Louisville fans be like, "Do we know if Malik's okay?" Like nobody's even saying. Like, we've had no update on his injury status. Tyrion's or uh, Evans is in a, was in a boot. I Evans was that. in a boot. So, that looked bad. So that that tells me he's probably not playing for at least two to four weeks. Like Louisville fans right now, like I'm, they care They're about bad. Malik, but like they know that this is like a lost cause. They're not even like if if we were five and zero right now, everybody like Malik update, Malik update, like refreshing Twitter every five seconds, and instead everybody's like, I haven't seen anybody <laughs> even, like asking, like Doman Conley, you, who yeah. cares? Like we're you know season's over. The whole thing's done anyway. Why do we even care? <laughs> do we know anything about Malik? I mean, no. They, That's what I'm they, saying. Uh, even because on the broadcast, they just they never even like hinted at being back, arm, leg, neck. We've got no idea. Head, ankle, foot, toe. No clue. No clue. Satterfield won't talk to the media until tomorrow, so we'll find out then. But as of right now, we've got no idea. Like Malik, to my knowledge, hasn't posted anything on like social media or anything, giving hints about what his status is. Um, I think correctly he's staying as far away from social media as possible, which they all should be at this point. But we'll find out tomorrow. But like my the broader point is like fans are so checked out now that it's not even a thing. They're like, you know, yeah, if he plays, we might win two more games. If he doesn't, we fans, might go two and ten. We literally went two hours of the show and didn't even mention that until a Good texter point. brought it up. Great point. I don't think the texter brought it up. <laughs> what just led us down the rabbit he, hole? He of just it, yeah. brought up the pronunciation of Brock Doman saying, <laughs> "Let us think." Oh yeah, by the way. The quarterback we basically put every egg in our basket into is injured right now, which which going into the year was like considered one of our worst fears. You know, it makes me feel better. Now it's like, are you afraid of the dark? It doesn't even scare us. <laughs> you know, it makes this whole thing better. It makes me feel better. What's that? First Bankers Trust. Well, I can trust them. I trust you. They wouldn't have fallen for a little begging in the in the, in the office a few months ago. Stop. 
<laughs> Vince doesn't work there. That's a good example. If you're tired of not being able to trust your favorite college football team and you're looking for somebody you can trust, go to firstbankerstrust.com and find out about all the things that First Bankers Trust can do for you. They offer a holistic approach to investing and asset allocation advice, which while focusing on rising dividend strategy for their clients, uh, hit them up at firstbankerstrust.com because they're going to tell you how they work with each client, client individually to help you meet your financial goals. They offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. First Bankers Trust, financial success. Start with trust. Did you say hallucinic or something in the beginning? Holistic. Is that like 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 crystals and, and like No. Zodiac signs and stuff? No, you're thinking of holistic medicine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, looking for looking for the woman with the dream catcher in her office. <laughs> Look, if first bankers trust does it, it's gonna work. <laughs> Sprinkling dust on your head. It's not the medicine. It, <laughs> holistic is also a philosophy. I, the, only thing, the only thing you need to add to that, and I don't know why. Oh, I know why because I'm a kid. It makes me laugh every time I hear it in commercials. We're a fiduciary. <laughs> Go to FirstBankerStrust.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hour number three is on the way. You know what we're talking about. We're going to keep Douche. going here. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Mike Rutherford Show. Rolls on next year on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. The loser music continues here on the uh, the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. I'm running out of like things to like set the mood on Mondays, or, or God forbid Fridays. Like Fridays, I've been trying to like be like optimistic, like the week before I didn't believe in songs. Now this, I did. I went with Boston because I got lazy. I'm and we run remote. <laughs> this is how I feel. That was the other. That was the. Wasn't that after the? That was after the FSU game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> cold and I'm ashamed, lying naked on the floor. I mean, I'm one more loss away from playing like nothing but stained on a Monday. <laughs> I mean, that's like I'm gonna mix it between that and the guy, the goober that they tried to think was gonna commit suicide and deadmate on campus in, in their room. I wish you would step back <laughs> from, from that, that ledge. ledge, my friend. I mean, as you may have guessed by the first minute so- here of the five o'clock hour, <laughs> the the mood in the Mike Rutherford show has been overly optimistic, just very joyful. I mean, you know what you're getting into. You you, you know what the, the the conversation is today. Uh, Louisville, of course, loses 34-33 at Boston College on Saturday, a game where they were a two touchdown favorite, where they led for most of the afternoon. Once again, finding a way to somehow snatching. Uh, victory from jaws the jaws from of the victory of, uh, yeah, vice versa, <laughs> snatching vi- defeat from the jaws of victory. Hey, somebody's gonna screw up a thing. It's gonna be me, okay? Yeah, yeah, Still my stick. <laughs> and, and so we've been discussing that. I mean, this is—we uh, don't need to repeat the whole 
my monotone diatribe for the All beginning first of the show. Five weeks of the season, basically. <laughs> but this to me is is the moment where I feel like it's it's officially unsalvageable. Even if you've been, I think we've all been. We've all been thinking that this is headed in one direction, but we've been holding out hope that maybe it could get rectified. Maybe he can win games. I mean, every statement that I, I've made for the last few weeks, I've prefaced it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he can turn things around. I hope we do this. I hope we do that. But it has not seemed realistic. Now I think hope is is officially out the window for about 98% of the fan base. This was the game that I think we look back at it and say it's where it became unsalvageable. It's where this became an irreconcilable marriage. Um, it's where I think you just lost everybody that was still hanging on. And Hope springs eternal. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not not here at least. It's the calendar flipped to October. Hope went out the window, and we're done. And now it just kind of yeah. You know, people are like, well, what do we do for the next eight weeks? I think you're kind of on a little bit of like a zombie walk where you're just. We're going to talk about potential new coaches. I think they're still going to win a couple of games. I think I think they're going to win it on Saturday. I really do. And then we'll. Still, we just be going through the motions. We'll have our bad losses. We'll we'll talk about the games, but the emotion has been taken out of this. I, I think the the wind has been taken out of everybody's sails. People will still show up for games, and God love them for doing it. Because again, if you're if you're a fan who has tickets to the games, if you're a season ticket holder, and you're like, do I go or do I not go? And try to send a message. You don't need to send a message. No, you go have a good time. The, the message has been bro. received. You, you bought your season tickets. Go out there, have a good time. Root for the home team. Root for the players. Drink show a lot up. Of beer. Drink as much as you possibly can. Get your fill. Enjoy your enjoy your time there. If you have kids, take the kids. Then don't drink as much as you possibly can, or do and just Uber home, or you know, make the kid drive. If he's eleven or older, he can get it done. But it's just, I feel like we're now in a two month period of time where we're going to be going through the motions. Everybody knows where this is headed, and that's not fun. Even if you wanted to change going into the season, it's still not fun to be sitting here and talking about. You know, what can Jeff Brom do? What can Deion Sanders do? What could Dave Ragone do? Who else is on our list? Could look, hey, look people say Falcons no. Falcons won this weekend. The evidence is piling up. The that's resume the, is growing. That's what I talked to Troy about when I came in. You all talked about the coaching. I talked about his poor Browns losing to the Falcons. Oh, he talk, we talked about that too. Because I came here to do commercials earlier. So Troy, but at least Troy the, had plenty of time to share at least his thoughts. If you're a Browns fan, you're, you're just like going week 13, week 13, week 13, week 13. I mean, if you're even relevant by that point. I mean, hell, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm an Amari Cooper owner in fantasy football, and I'm going week 13, week 13, It's week times 13. like these that I thank the sports guys that I still have the Reds and Lions to fall back on. It's times like these. You learn <laughs> to find new teams to cheer for. I mean, you have Hockey starts you're, you have yeah, Go Avs. Hockey's doing it. You got to hang your hat on. I'm, I'm just going to get way more into hockey I than mean, I've ever been. I have, I have the, the Eagles who have got me... I'm trying not to get overly excited, but I'm getting like 2017 excited slightly with this team, and that's saying a lot. Uh, and the Blue Jays, I'm, I'm really just waiting to get past the Mariners because I think we can beat the Yankees in the ALCS, or or even the uh, who would we play? Actually, we wouldn't play the Yankees. I think we'd play the who's the other team? Uh, it would be the who's the Rays. The, 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 the well, it would be the winner of the Rays and Guardians, wouldn't it? Correct, I think. Because there's only one buy still, right? Yeah, you should know. I mean, I th- yeah, I think that's what it is. It's, there's only one team gets a buy, and it's the Yankees because they're the number one team. I, I just, uh, I just looked this up because we were talking about somebody was like, "When's the last time that you felt this? Not just angry, not happy, but like just, just apathetic about the football program." And I made the comparison. This feels like the game that we're going to look back and say, "Oh, the Astros." Okay, there you go. This looks like the game that we're going to look back and say. He had chances to to make things better. You know, you may look at the FSU game, you may look at the bowl game against Air Force, but this is the game where you just you knew it was over. You, you knew it was done, and it reminded me of the Steve Craigthorpe his last season, the game against Pitt. It was a uh, week night game. 
They had new jerseys on. Week four, too, wasn't it? Uh, which is, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. They, uh, you, know, you, you felt like if he can win this one, maybe he can save it. If not, then we're done here. And sure enough, it was October 2nd, ex- almost exactly 13 years to the day, unlucky 13, when we lost that game pit week four at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. We get blasted after scoring. I remember we scored first. People were happy. People were, were yeah, maybe. And we lose 35-10. And that was it. We turned around the next week. We played. We beat a terrible Southern Miss team by two in a game that nobody cared about. We ended up losing. I think we won two more games the rest of that year. That was the the famous Arkansas State game on Halloween, where mm-hmm. I think thirteen people were there. wasn't even on TV. It was terrible. The only people that showed up and showed up in costume to get candy. Yeah, they was, didn't even care about the game. Like they, they it's, and, and, and some of them didn't even know there was a game going on. I don't think it was awful. We and we just ended up going through the motions and to to get done with the season. The we played that Syracuse game where. Still, I think maybe the worst game ever played. 10-9. Louisville wins on a missed extra point uh, against Q's. It was just and, and it was just miserable. And that's where I feel like we are now. Like I, I think we're gonna win a couple games that maybe we should win moving forward. But the like nobody's going to celebrate. We're not. If we beat Virginia on Saturday, we're not gonna come here on Monday and be like, "Here we go, we're back." It, it, it feels like we've lost that hope. It feels like that's gone. It's done. It's kind of weird because like that's where you're at, and that's what that was the crack door moment for you in this last year. To me, the crack door moment was around the same time last year when I lost hope for Satterfield and Brian Brown. Yeah, but you keep saying that, but like you still picked a seven and five season this year at the beginning of the year, so you had some hope that this was going to be a somewhat successful season. I have some good drugs. Is what I'm I mean, but, <laughs> yeah, I joke, but I want, I'm trying to be optimistic. I was trying to well, be optimistic. We all were saying like we think that this it's possible and stuff, but like we all, you and I both have said repeatedly since the UK game. Tried the Air to Force be game, optimistic, but I, I, I should, I knew, I knew in, in the back of my mind, I knew better. Well, but I think I was, we all we all thought that this was certainly a possibility, but it wasn't until it smacked you in the face on Saturday when I think we all realized it's it's done, it's over here. Like it, it, this isn't going to work out. Any hope that we had lingering has been thrown out the window. Like, and that was that moment in the pit game. I think we all we went into 2009 expecting it to be Steve Kreitorp's last season. I think most Louisville fans coming into the, or a lot of Louisville fans, I shouldn't say most because I think the recruiting class did change things, but a lot of Louisville fans came into the season expecting it to potentially be Scott Satterfield's last season. And here we are at the same point as that 09 season, and it feels the, – the vibe is very similar. I've seen the stat floating around, and I do want to correct I don't know who made the tweet, but somebody's like, you know, Steve Cragthorpe in three seasons was 19-21, and 21, and you know, Scott Satterfield is 20-22 and 22 or whatever his record is, and that's not accurate. Like, Cragthorpe was not 19-21. and 21. He went 6-6 six and six year one, 5-6 and six year two, 4-8 and eight year three, so that would be 15, 15. and 21. So he won. He only, he only won 15 games. I'm not going to yeah. do the other part of the math. So that stat is, is wrong. So Satterfield, if you want to hang your hat on something, slightly better than Steve Craig. He's Craig also got an extra year of coaching. Too. Yes, I mean, slightly better than Steve Craig after three and a half seasons. There you go. You did it. You're, you're slightly closer to 500 than Steve Craig was. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. better husband than the guys in jail for abuse. It's the tagline. <laughs> That's what you hang your hat on. <laughs> Texas says, what do I do with all my U of L visors? Well, I mean, why do you have a visor to begin with? But <laughs> Texas says, Sat would rather save his friendship with Brown than his own ass at his job. You can't fault him when he knows his time is up soon. I don't think Brian Brown's going to get it. I think Brown's going down with the ship at this point. Like I said, if Brian Brown doesn't walk out with him, regardless he fired, that dude is a, a, a bad human being. I, I, yeah. If, if Sat gets fired and Brown's like, well, and we look at Brown and go, you can stay if you want. 
If that dude doesn't walk out with his with his buddy, then that man is just an evil human being. It is the funniest possible scenario I like scenario to think he's here. just a bad coach and not a bad human being. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. It, it, it is the oh, funniest fuck. possible scenario. Satterfield getting fired with games left to go. Brown getting elevated to head coach and just killing it. I mean, there's no way we Imagine we lose to James Madison. <sighs> Brown gets to go. We've been talking about this three-game gauntlet to end the season, like virtually the ever since the schedule came out. Clemson, NC State, Kentucky. Imagine Brown becomes the head coach and we win all three games. Funniest possible scenario. Would you hire him full-time? No. <laughs> in fact, I'm starting to worry more about the basketball season and Josh Hurd's judgment of character. Um, Texture says, what is Satterfield's buyout right now? Satterfield's buyout Enough. is just under, I believe, $5 million okay. after this season. But it goes down. It does not go down until December thirty first. Does and, it go down enough before that? No, I I don't think you can. I don't know if you can wait till December thirty first to make a move. I say we I say we give him the buyout and we send the bill to Vince. <laughs> on the this is why Vince wouldn't come on the show. This is this is why he big lead the show back in the day. He knew you were going to say all this. Smart guy. No, a good decision you ever made, Vince. Stop. <laughs> he balanced the budget, Trevor. Sure he did. <laughs> People always say that there's no way for me to fact check that. I'm like, I'm, it sounds I mean, like you did great financial work. Maniac. I've got no idea. If he balanced the budget, then why are we still strapped for cash? <laughs> Texas, I know it's a, oh, this is a KRC text. KRC text. Got to read it. Texas, I know it's football season, but I have a hot take that Oscar will retire from basketball after Kentucky and will go on to do missionary public speaking and charity work as his career. Oh, her was missionary. The dude is just cut from a different cloth than we are. <laughs> I don't think Oscar Sheboy is retiring from basketball after this year. I don't. I mean, not by choice. He's not. Well, he, he, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna try to make. Even if he doesn't go to the NBA, he's gonna play somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll play, make a yeah. ton of money. I mean, take Rogers played. He was like in his forties. Yeah. <laughs> you can find Al Haji Muhammad is still playing. Yeah, I mean, come on. There's going to be a spot for you somewhere. There's says, who the heck would we get if we get rid of Satterfield? Somebody else. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Texas midseason coaching carousel is already in full swing. I don't think it'll happen, but blood is in the air. It definitely is. And I, I'm not saying it's like completely outside the room. I'm not saying that we can have any type of season whatsoever and Satterfield won't get fired. If they lose to Virginia and let's say they get blown out in back-to-back games by Pitt and Wake Forest, yeah, I can see Josh Hurd pulling the trigger. It would have to get 2018 bad. It, it would have you'd, yeah. you'd have to because. But even then, was still getting like I said, two games left. Well, think about that. Like though, Petrino had way more of a safety net going in that in his situation than than Satterfield does. Oh yeah, Petrino's Petrino's the winningest coach in the history of the program. He had never had a losing season at Louisville, and we st- it had to get so bad. To, for us to fire him with two games left in the season, I don't think it has to even get quite that bad for Satterfield because no. he already came into the season on the hot seat. If we get if we lose to Virginia this week, who's a bad team, and we get blown out by a pit team that doesn't look nearly as good as we thought they looks were, a few weeks less, ago, who look to have less life than we do right now. Yeah, they may be. Yeah, they're on our level about it at this point. Yeah, and then wait for that Georgia Tech game. I, I turned it on right at the. I, I turned it on for Georgia Tech's like. Game was that when I texted touchdown. you? Was like I'm being sad watching Hassan Hall look so no, good. No, I turned it on after that when I saw like we we got the kids down to sleep and I was like, what game's on right now? That's interesting. And it was Tech driving to try to put the game away, and they yeah. had like a, they, they scored the game winning touchdown to like go up by two scores. Uh, that that's when I watched. And I was like, damn, there was no resistance. They just like ran it all over them. Oh yeah, they had no they they they, they had to do everything they want. But if we get blown out in that game by that team, and then Wake, who I think you could certainly reasonably see blowing us out, I think yeah. then you start to be like, okay, wait, what's the point of having him around for these last four games? 
because that would be James Madison and then the three games to end the season that are already looking very, very tough. That means Kentucky would have played us not within the last what, four <laughs> years with an interim coach twice. That's our new comeback. We've blown you out four games in a row. Two of them, we didn't even have a coach. Two of our interim coaches. And the other two, they were Satterfield. Who's the one we had the year that 18? Was it Lorenzo Wade or something? Whammy Ward. Whammy Ward. Lorenzo Ward. That's <laughs> a Ward. Vince led the team on the field. He's defensive coordinator now at a team that played Kentucky. He is. I forget which one it was. We looked. I think up. it was South Carolina. No, it was it was a small school. Wasn't it? Oh, that's right. It was the it was the one that like played him close last year. Like yeah, Chattanooga or something. Something like that. Yeah. Because remember, like he like he did way better against them. Was Chattanooga? Because we were just joking about the team, and I, I it's looked Chattanooga. At, yeah. Yeah, and I just happened to Google it. That's and right. Came across. I'm like, wait a minute, he's DC there. He's still the defensive coordinator. They yeah. are zero and two right now. Or no, that's his head coaching record. He's zero and two as a head coach. <laughs> like we because remember we, we dominated that we had that period where we dominated the rivalry for a long time and then they had like four years in an oasis of like like sandwiched between i think nine consecutive wins it was, for it, was us. The, it was the crack door and era. so i would always say you only get credit for one of those because three of those were crack door and now i feel like you know these, these four wins assuming that one's about to happen in a couple of months oh, probably more likely they're, they're not valid two of them we didn't have a coach and the other two they were satterfield that, that's the new argument it doesn't count doesn't count beat us at full strength one time yeah, do it. Mark Stoops still has, like, what, one win over us, pretty much, in my eyes. Well, these are sad times. These are just – you, you joke because you have to. But it's, <laughs> these are sad times. Texas says Jeff Brom is the obvious and logical choice here. I mean, I wouldn't – I like to think he's obvious, but I don't know if it's the most logical, maybe. I mean, there's could be – you could argue logics for some other coordinators possibly out there that I just don't know about off the top of my head. The best thing for everybody involved right now, which means there's no way it happens because we can't – nothing we want to happen ever happens. <laughs> is true. Purdue just to kill it for the rest of the year? Like, keep winning big, go 9-3 and three again, beat some more top 25 teams, help win the West, play in the Big Ten title game, which is possible. Then you get Aiden O'Connell healthy. And then all of a sudden the anti-Jeff – people get more back on the Jeff Brown bad way. It feels like 2018 where everybody's kind of in approval of the hire. And – it was the year he went seven and where he took over like a two and two he, and two. It was his, yeah, it was, he's like yeah. right at the beginning of his Purdue tenure. Everybody at that point in time wanted Jeff Brom, and now I think that it's it's certainly a little bit more split. Him him killing it this year would make things a little bit easier on everybody because I do think he'll take the job if he's offered, and I do think he'll he would potentially get offered if he was that much of a logical choice. And it's not like pooping the better thing this year though. I mean, no, they're three and two, but yeah. it's gonna have to keep going. Texas Satterfield should have to pay for Ruben Owens' co- tattoo cover-up out of his bio. <laughs> if he does decommit from us and goes to Morales, I think Satterfield should, yes. I agree with that 100%. Oh, God. That's a good text. That's my favorite text of the day so far. My, my text of the day is the one that didn't – is the, the KRC text because it didn't talk about Kentucky. <laughs> 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 Texas, why do we fake the handoff to the wrong side all the time? This is a great question. I've wondered the exact same thing. I don't know if it's by design – or if Malik hands off the wrong way sometimes, or the running back goes the wrong way sometimes, we do it all the time. And I don't know if it's just like, if, if you, I, I'm very curious about this as well. A lot of times Malik will do play action. He'll turn to his right. The running back will go left. There's nobody standing there. He'll fake right and then roll back to his left to throw the pass. And I don't know if we're just. I have no idea what's going on. I feel like on. you described the play that Henry Winkler's doing when Waterboy walks in. He's like, "We're gonna fake right. We're gonna fake left." We're going to fake like we're faking, and then we're going to run right. I don't, I, that's, that's, just, that's the way you just sounded describing that It's play. like the Malik run-in where people are like, I think that was a design play. And I talked to a coach who's like, no. Like, it, it looks like a mad genius, if it's, but I don't think it's by design. I think we just screw up all the time. Usually more often than not, if it doesn't look like it was by design, it probably wasn't. 
Usually. 99% of the time. Texas, did you see the report that came out about the NWSL and Racing Louisville's old coach, Kirstie Alley? Oh, yeah. I saw you tweeted something. I didn't click on it, but I I, I know it can't be good. No, it's it's not. It's it's very not good. Um, I, I blame Jeff Greer everywhere he goes. Some sort of sex scandal has to follow, apparently. But the uh, <laughs> poor Jeff, man. Poor Jeff. Uh, yeah, it was a terrible story. You can read the entire report. There's a lot of ugly stuff happening in the NWSL, and the very first story that the story leads with is one about former Racing Louisville coach Christy Holly essentially inviting a player over to watch game film. And then right away being like, every time you have a bad touch like, of the ball, I'm going to touch you. And like molesting her and then proceeding to masturbate in front of her. Which, I don't know how people think they're going to like get away with this stuff in this day uh, and age. It's definitely like, a different way to inspire. It's, the, the, the whole thing is just like, I, that, that, It's shocking that you would want to do that. That, that would like be something that would get you off. But it's even more shocking that you think it's not going to come out in this day and age if you're a person in a position of power. Like You have to know that this is like she's going to tell people. Or, or something else is going to happen that's going to lead to the story coming out, and people are going to catch wind. You're going to be fired, which I think is what happened with him. But it's a it's a horrible, horrible story, and I blame Jeff Greer. <laughs> Not really. I just let him know. I'm like, I'm like, dude, is it you? He's like, it's starting to feel that way. I don't know what's going on. I blame Seinfeld. Texas Trevor, I never want to hear you say I'm horny again. I'll take a hard ride off the Sherman <laughs> mitten if I do. <laughs> I feel like I'm the principal in Water and uh, Billy Madison. P.S. Just nodding. Horny. <laughs> that was how I learned what that word he, meant. He was supposed to pinch my leg. I think I was nine years old when that movie came out. Were I, was, you I was like watching with my. I was like, "What does wow. that mean?" My, I think I was like my one of my parents, or maybe my brother, who was like, "It means they want sex." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> the fact that both of us learned a lot of things in life through movies is probably a good reason why we are where we are in life. Probably. <laughs> Why well, I'm still laughing at fiduciary. <laughs> See, I'm not on that level. It's a funny word. <laughs> Takes us where I'm at now is where I was at last year. I'll start to watch the games, but if it starts looking ugly, I'm going to check out early and do something or watch something else. I didn't expect to look great, but I didn't expect it to look this ugly. I mean, I didn't wake up on time. I woke up closer to the second first half. But we could be undefeated in rank number one of the country. I'm still that's, gonna that's, yeah. that's, that's gonna be your mind. But I still woke up. It was it was close. It was almost right at halftime when I started watching the game on on my DVR, and I caught up like early in the third mid third quarter. Kind of wish I hadn't. This is a text from 4:30. I can't believe we made it through an hour and a half and not one mention of Brom Watch coming back. It was an exciting time for 14:50 last year. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back, yeah. We just didn't get to it that fast. Give, give us a minute. I mean, we, we took us two hours to mention our own all offense is injured. Literally. <laughs> Malik, Malik Cunningham. So this is Mike, what is the Brom camp, Brom camp saying now? I mean, I can't tell you directly. I, I, I have not talked to Brian in a couple of weeks. What, but was, what was I think the, I'll say the same thing that I said three weeks ago when we were talking about this after the Florida State game. If Jeff Brom is offered the Louisville job, I think Jeff Brom will take it. What was the song someone texted in? I sung that, that had me singing something about Brahm on the text line on Friday. Uh, There's Brahmish Paradise. Brahmish Paradise. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I was talking to somebody and I couldn't remember what it was. Somebody asked me about it this weekend. I was like, I can't remember what it was. And I didn't even send the lyrics in. He beats ranked teams once or twice, living <laughs> in, in a Brahmish paradise. paradise. That's great. <laughs> Won't lose to Boston College thrice. That's why we're living in a promised paradise. Uh, Texas says, Deion Sanders or a high-level P5 assistant make it happen, Heard. I mean, we can get a high-level P5 assistant, right? Maybe. Depends on which one. That's true. Some may be holding out for other jobs like your Kirby Smarts type thing. 
Texas, why do we feel like we need to give qualifiers or cushion our statements about Sad? I don't really agree with everybody saying he's not a bad coach. He's 12 and 17 in the ACC. That's terrible. We're not saying he's a good coach. I'm saying I don't think he's a bad coach as much as he's made, he's made some bad decisions, and one of them was keeping Brian Brown. I don't think he's. I mean, if, if we have an improved defense this year, I mean, who's to say we're not having a better record? If we had an average defense last year, we go eight and four at least, maybe nine and three. Yeah, I, I don't think that he's the difference between because people will make the comparisons, and it's obvious and it's understandable why you would do so to him and Steve Crackthorpe. Crackthorpe would just do things in games that made absolutely no sense. And the teams never looked prepared. They never had any energy. They never played hard. And he got blown out a lot. With Satterfield, we're not getting blown out that much, unless it's UK. Um, We're always in games. We just do stupid stuff in late-game situations. The defense has been consistently bad. And we also haven't improved. So I don't think he's a good coach. But also, like, his stuff, he had much more of a, I think, impressive resume at App State than... uh, Cragthorpe had at Tulsa. Cragthorpe had never won more than eight games at Tulsa. He was a he wasn't at Tulsa that long either. I remember when he went there four or five years. years. Was he there? Okay. Like he went eight and four a couple of times. Like cool. Satterfield at least was winning you know ten eleven games at at App State. Yeah, it's a lower level than Tulsa, but I think they're comparable enough that you can see there's a difference there. I think Satterfield knows what he's doing for the most part offensively. I don't think he's a. I just don't think it's a good fit. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think he was overly loyal to his some of his coaches from App State. I think he initially tried to make this like App State big, you know, as opposed to you know Louisville light, like, and it didn't work. You can't bring Sun Belt football to the ACC and have it work in a like real high capacity. And I just don't think just again on paper, like on paper, it was easy to defend it, but then I mean sometimes you just have to the personalities just don't match. And Craig Thorpe was a, a perfect example of one that you bring him into a Petrino atmosphere, and it was just oil and water. Is it, they don't mix. It was, you know, it was, and it went Satterfield. Maybe it just wasn't. Maybe if you had someone interviewing him, had better, you know, judgment and better choice making decisions. And you would say maybe, maybe, maybe this is not a fit for him. I mean, if we've learned anything, his from, family moved away after a month and left us. Not all of them. Well, some of them. <laughs> One of them. Two of them. If we've learned anything from the last two decades of Louisville football, it's this you don't follow Bobby Petrino up with a nice guy from the group of five level. It doesn't work. Clearly doesn't work. Yes. That's the, that's the lesson here. I think, yes. If we now, bring, now so if we God. bring Bobby back for a third I, I, time, I, yeah, the next coach the, needs to be somebody <laughs> not from the Sun Belt or AAC or CUSA. If Tom was here, would we be facing Petrino 3.0? I mean, he almost, no. he almost beat Arkansas. <laughs> I think it's the only loss this year. He's changed. Who can he caddy for to, to get us back in his good graces? <laughs> Tom. <laughs> the AD. Well, I finally get to play golf again after like a, two years off because of this stupid long COVID BS. I'm going to be like, Bobby caddied for me. <laughs> Charity work. He's a good guy. He's changed. You get back on the golf course, I'll caddy for you. There you go. I appreciate that. I get a golf cart, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually have to do anything. I just have to drive the golf cart, right? Just hand me a club. I'm, I'm, I'll hand you more than that. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have fun out on that course. Texas says this is, a, this is a villainous question. This is an evil question, but I like it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this now, actually. You got to keep one. Who are you rolling with as your defensive coordinator? Brian Brown, Brian Van Gorder, Peter Sermon. Man. I'm probably going Brian Brown. <laughs> 
I don't know. Van Goiter, maybe? No, Brian Van Goiter, the worst defense in the history of power conference football. Give Brown a few more weeks. Don't don't sell. We've him. never given up fifty to anybody. Van Gorder did it five times in twelve games. I want Ted Roof. Well, he's not on the list. <laughs> I'm going Brian Brown over those other two guys. They were terrible. I wouldn't just hire. I just fire them all and let the defense. You gotta answer the question. The defense can decide their own. You have to answer the, the question. The captain of the team gets to be it. Are you is Brian, Van Gorder your official answer? Who's the one before him? Brian Brown. And the other one, Peter Sermon. That's the guy we got for. Uh, God. Grantham, right? He came right after Grantham. We pretty much traded Grantham for Sermon. He went to miss. Yeah, came from yeah, Mississippi State. And then we. Yeah, uh, he was bad. He was real bad. Which one was Ben Gorder team? Ben Gorder's twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, that's the one that gave up the record. Yeah, for but most you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go with that only because you like his mustache. That and I can hang hope on that the team just gave up in general and it wasn't all on the coaching staff, at least on his side. Have you seen what Brian Van Gorder has done since he left Louisville? Has he done anything? Nothing good. Every team that he coaches for gives up like 73 points a game. Or where's, where's, where's Ted Sermon at? Peter Sermon. <laughs> he went back out west. I don't think Peter Sermon's ever going to be a defensive coordinator again. You know I called him Peter Seaman for like the first three months. Yeah, I'd expect nothing less from you. Uh, he is currently the he is the defensive coordinator, inside linebacker coach, and recruiting coordinator at Cal. Oh, wow. That cat, mighty Cal team. He's been at Cal since he left Louisville. Did, haven't, didn't they just come up like a one-win season? Uh, probably they they played Notre Dame close a few weeks ago. I know that. <laughs> it's like I think they're three and one or something. Are they? I thought they had a really bad year. It could be wrong. They did. Well, they, they're Cal. They they always have bad years. But I mean, they they are three and two. You're right. I'll give you that. Okay. So maybe Peter Summers the answer. They were well, yeah. They were one and three. So they were five wins last year. Okay. I, I guess I'm going Peter Sermon. He did just hold uh, Washington State to 28 points. Granted, it was a 28-9 loss, but still. <laughs> so Washington State with a brand dynamic new, offense. Brand new quarterback, too, by the way. They did beat UNLV and Aiden Robbins, 20-14. to 14. There, there you go. go. I like that question, Texas. That was well done. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show as, as overly positive as it's been. We'll try to maybe, I don't know, do something fun at the end of the show to, to end on a high note because Lord knows the first two and a half hours have been uh, – not I spent that last segment just high. doing the Cardinal Insider. It's a good way to waste time. It's a good way to distract yourself. We'll come back. We'll take more of your text. We'll wrap the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Monday on 1450 The Big X. I'm a loser, and I'm not what I appear to be. Of all the love I have won or have lost, there is one love I should never have crossed. She was a solid capper to a day full of loser music, because be real, we're all feeling like losers on this Monday. Tell, tell me, Paul, what am I? I'm a loser. <laughs> I was going to say therapeutic, but not even really. Yes, yeah, I, I feel no better after these three hours. I feel like Little Ruben was the best one. Well, there's no, like, we're not even lifting spirits. We're not even going down spirits. We're all in the same place. Like We're down here, and we know it's not changing. Like There's no, outside of a miraculous run of like six wins in seven games or something like that, 
There's no fixing this. And I mean, does it really even make you like? It's like you said earlier, no. like, does that make you feel confident? Like, no. Oh, like we because you're going to go into the next year. It, it's like Bengals fans in the '90s. My buddy some always annoy me about this because he would be like, "We hired you know one of the Shulers who doesn't have Don's real eye color, and we he we would suck and we'd go zero and eight, and then we win like three of our last four, and it would be like we got it glooming together. We're bringing them back, and the next year you go like zero and nine, and you win three of your last four. I mean that's 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 where we that's like that's the only way we can like that's yeah. not gonna that doesn't make everything better. That's putting band aids on broken arms. It doesn't work. Yeah, I mean it's. It's who we've become at this point in the Satterfield era, and I think now people are just completely fed up with it. I mean, Patrick brought the stat, I think, the last time he was in, intern Patrick here, about Satterfield's never won three straight games over FBS opponents. And we looked it up, and we're like, oh, yeah, the only three-game winning streak uh, that we've had since Satterfield arrived here was uh, one in 2019 that included a win over EKU. So, And again, 2019 with the other guys' players. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we have we cannot string together victories. It's always like one win here that maybe, like, huh, maybe? And then like another deflating loss. Yeah. The ebb and the flow, the, the the roller coaster, Danny always calls him roller coaster Scott, like the roller coaster Scott tenure, at some point, like people aren't going to put up with it anymore. I think we finally have reached that point with this loss to BC. I think also now people are looking at the remainder of the roller coaster and seeing that it's like, not a lot of loops, just a lot of just straight drops from this point forward uh, with, with the way the schedule is looking right now. Maybe you beat one of the ranked teams that's left on your on your schedule, but one win at this point is not going to save anything. It's not going to change anything. And it, it just feels like we're stuck here. We're going through the motions now for the next couple months. Like Scott walks outside and he looks at his wife and goes, Honey, remember when, when the worst thing that what we found in our yard was paper, uh, was toilet paper in our trees? Remember those days? Remember those days? I wish we could go back oh, to those shucks. days. Because uh, trust me, that's not toilet paper in your front yard now, buddy. I hated the toilet paper. You might need to. It was so paper. forced. Look at how cute we are now. Look, sex scandals are behind us. Now we got coaches TPing each other's yards, and we're videoing it. Oh, it's hilarious. I was just like, Come, just win some more games. <laughs> Stop with this. Stop with this. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, we, there's no way we're going to get to all the text we've gotten today. We appreciate everybody who has chimed in. We know it's... Bad times bring out a lot of opinions. Good times bring out a lot of opinions, too. We wouldn't know that on the show, but eventually we'll hopefully get back to that point where, like, very, very good times are bringing out just as many texts as the losses to Boston College. But uh, we appreciate everybody who has let their thoughts been made known during these, these three hours. Uh, Texter says, this, I think this was Patrick's text earlier, October 3rd, apparently a very important day historically. We mentioned it was the – you meant, you thought, said it was 11 years ago when – what was your effect? Big X started. Big X anniversary. <laughs> the place you're working at and talking on right now. I told you. Short-term memory is gone. I got, I got none left. Uh, Big X started 11 years ago today. Germany reunification apparently was in 1990. And now Patrick says October 3rd, 1995 is also the day O.J. Simpson was acquitted of the murders of Nicole Brown and really? Ronald Goldman. And also it's the day in uh, Mean Girls where the guy that she has a crush on tells her what day it is. On October, oh, is it? Really? On October 3rd, he told me what day it was. It's October 3rd. He needs to get his hair cut. He looks so cute. <laughs> Uh, so it's a. Was it said I read that like every guy in that movie is now gay? I know that like the the, the two main actors are. Well, I mean, the I mean obviously the one are. dude I think was already a, he, yeah. he played a gay guy. If he didn't, the heartthrob though is dude a great. He was on Dancing with the Stars a few years ago, which <laughs> my wife was watching, and he is he was definitely he was gay. And point. then the mathematician guy that that has a thing for her that hooks up with. Oh, Kevin, uh, the the where the mathite guy, yeah, I think he. Oh, he's gay. Yeah, he came out. Of I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's why I read what's... I guess, I mean, I know it's... But still, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you have well. three stats, yeah. Texas, okay. We are obviously past... Good movie, by the way. It's a great movie. I'm a big fan. 
Past arguing whether or not Sat needs to stay or not. I can't imagine any fan is arguing to keep Sat, but Brahm is not the answer. Here are the number comparisons. Brahm is 31 and 31 overall and 21 and 23 in conference play through six seasons and has been bowl eligible three times. Sat is 20 and 22 overall and 12 and 17 through four seasons and has been bowl eligible twice. Brahm has never Brahm has had more impressive wins, no doubt, but overall he could never look at a coach with a his resume if he didn't play here. Brahm is not the answer. I, I, if you want to not be a fan of, of Brahma's answer, that's fine, but then don't give me the stats of why you shouldn't be. Tell me who should. If you don't like Brian, if you don't like Jeff being, Brian will come along with him anyway, so. But if you don't want it to be a Brahm, that's fine. Tell me, didn't, didn't give me the, give me the alternate answer. Don't just give me the reasons why you don't want Brahm. I want you to give me another answer, whether, whether you, but I like your other reply or not. But don't, give me an alternate answer other than just, this is why I don't want him. Then who do you want? Do you want to keep Satterfield? No. Okay, then, then if you don't like Brom, and that's fine, you got to have somebody else then. Deion Sanders. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's fine. At least give I'm me that. I'm just saying what people are saying. I'm just saying, That's okay. not me saying that. That's just be, what I, people are saying right now. But if you don't, if you don't want Brom, and that's fine, you don't have to want Brom, and you can give me the stats all you want, then at least give me an alternate. Then tell me who you want and why. I think the other thing with Jeff, too, it's why I say that the best thing for, if, if it is going to be Jeff at the end of the day, the best thing for you to find the fan base is Purdue winning big the rest of the season. Because then you can make the argument, yeah, the numbers overall are a little bit similar. The difference is Jeff's coming off his best seasons at Purdue. Like, he won nine games last year, beat Tennessee in a bowl game. And then this year, if he does win eight, nine games again this year, you can say, look what he's doing at a place like Purdue. He's getting better as time goes on, whereas Satterfield, his best season was his first season where, he, like you've mentioned, had Petrino's players left over, and he got progressively worse as time went on. I think that's the argument that you can make. I mean, make. other than the COVID year, Jeff isn't taking steps backwards at all yet, has he? No, and he's and he has dealt I with. I mean, the a, COVID year was a bad year, though. With COVID year was a bad year, but he, they've also been ravaged by injuries pretty much every. I mean, they beat Minnesota without their starting quarterback. Who is? No, I think on, O'Connell actually did. Play. Oh, did he did play. He did. He did yeah, okay, he never mind. Take play. it back. Starting running back was out. Yeah, His Minnesota. Back was out. Yeah, Minnesota's running back was out. Yeah. So it's produced, right? Well, Purdue, I mean, does anybody notice? Yeah, exactly. Anybody even notice? <laughs> That's a I good mean, point. no offense to Purdue's running back, but I mean. <laughs> Texas says, what percent chance do you give Jeff Brown to be the coach next year? Oh, I've got no idea. Um, 35? I, I can't tell you what Josh Hurd's thinking. I know, I feel confident that Jeff wants the job, um, but I can't tell you any. I mean, if he, I, it just if, get, if he does go on a big run at Purdue and they win 19 games, I mean. Then I think it's like 60%. But that, but here's the thing, though. Do you not get worried that maybe someone else is going to look at him now other than us? I think he wants the little job. Even if it's, even if, I, I know, I'm not, this is just, I'm throwing this out the wall. I know it's probably unrealistic. But what if Wisconsin said, you know what? It's Jeff Kicking coach. I think he'd go to Louisville or Wisconsin. I would love that. I do. Then I, then I want the guy you, you quote tweeted about calling Nick Saban up on the phone. <laughs> like, you can't even take can't a coach even... from us. <laughs> yeah, a little fart sniffer. Texas says, <laughs> how much money are we going to waste on a search firm just to turn around and hire Brom? That being said, I uh, has Brom already been reaching out to our California studs, letting them know that he'll be coming to Louisville to save the day? I swear, if we get a coaching search team and then we just hire Jeff, I'm just gonna. I might. I mean, <laughs> I think the, one of the weird things because we just give me a check. The arguments come up on the text line a couple of times too, where it's like you know, if if Jeff didn't have Louisville ties, nobody would be considering him for the job, which I think is true. But oh, a lot of the same people true. that are saying this are the same people who are like, we're gung ho for Kenny Payne. I'm like, well, hold on, you know, because the exact same was true for Kenny Payne. Oh, yeah. If Kenny Payne's not a Louisville grad who didn't play here, there's no way we're we're targeting him for the job. We so, were now he would have taken the job. But we, we weren't going to target him. Like, with Jeff, like, I don't think we target him. Plus, I don't think he's probably leaving Purdue to come to us. You're probably right. I mean, I don't I don't think – I'm not going to say that we're, like, 
Purdue's better than us, but I mean, just being in kind of the Big Ten in the name, I think it's a little bit. It's hard to take somebody from that situation. Texas Kelsey, if you think Colorado is a better program than U of L, you're not a realist. You're drunk. Purdue better. No wonder that you like Matt Jones. Purdue better. Like, why are you talking like a caveman? First of all, in your text. Second, I'm not drunk. I don't drink anymore. Uh, and <laughs> how is how is how yeah. can you not argue Colorado? <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't have to say I'm right, but you can't say I'm just, like, crazy to think it. Colorado's, it's not crazy. I think you're wrong, but I, I think it's, it's it's a closer argument than Louisville fans probably would give it credit for. I mean, Colorado, I mean, I guess. They have a national title. Yeah, and they have they, well, a share, but yeah. You know who they won that share with? It's Notre Dame, right? No. No, Washington. No. 90 was, it was 90, right? Yeah. Colorado, they beat Notre Dame, right? Yeah, they they won on because the rocket. The Missouri uh, was the big game where the with the the, the five rocket down had the, well game. the rocket had the punt return that got called back yeah. in that game. Who did they split ninety with? It, no, no, it wasn't the best player. Miami won the year later. The the team they shared with the best player would end up being a uh, a, a lion, a big a big time defensive player for the lion, and the coach of that team would end up coaching the lions. Penn State. No, who was it? Bobby Ross and Georgia Tech. Oh, that's right. Pat Swilling was on that team. God, another program that has a head coaching vacancy. You, by the way, you traded for Pat Swilling on draft day. You remember? You, you know, his lines, but you probably remember. You gave up Willie Rope. Yeah, the Hall of Fame left tackle. I've gotten over the Lions trades from thirty-two years ago. But Bobby Ross was the guy who would end up being your head coach when uh, Barry would retire. Yeah. Texas says, uh, singing bye bye to my Cardinals football pride. Scotty Sat took over and he sucked this program dry. Bye 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 bye. The Ledford thing, by the way, he interviewed at Marshall. That was the school I couldn't think of. Where he was the finalist for that coaching job. Yeah. Uh, what, what, the current coaching job? Because the, the, when Holiday retired? Yeah. Like, it was after the, the COVID season, 2020. That's when he was like. That, cause the, ho- yeah, because that's when yeah, Holiday. The Satterfield Dalliance happened, and Ledford was basically like, even if I don't get this head coach, like, I'm going somewhere else. That Doc Holiday was a good coach and a good, and a good cowboy. Texture says, uh, I side with Trevor for not liking Vince. He ultimately put us in these head coaching situations. Trevor knew all along they were bad hires. I didn't know all along. But <laughs> just, sure, you did. Just take care I'll be honest. With you. I wasn't really that moving the needle excited. Well, Satterfield probably a little more than even Mac, though. Because even though Satterfield was option B to, to Braum, like, again, on paper, I had all reason to be excited when you look at what he'd done at App State and, and yada, yada. Like, I just... I was just never big in the Mac, though. Like, Mac never really moved my needle from day one. Texas, Scott, you think visors are cool? <laughs> I don't even know where this is going, and I already like it. You're doorman. <laughs> doorman. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's I like the, the Tom Petty reference. You like I, Tom Petty, and that is not a compliment. I don't even know what that's the reference. I don't care. I love that text, still. You think visors are cool? <laughs> Texas, you can count on one. I guess this is from early this hour. You can count on one hand who cares about the Blue Jays and Eagles in this town. Move along. <laughs> Me? I'm probably the only one. <laughs> I mean, I'm the only one probably south of like the Canadian border that cares about the Blue Jays. The same thing says, we local sports fans that turned our attention to women's soccer and substitute for the Reds and some of my time on UofL were let down by that franchise today, too. What the hell is it about our hometown and local sports? Jeez Louise. It's not great news. It's I mean, not. I guess if you're staying local to the Colts, haven't been playing too well either. Loose City's rolling. We're yeah, that's, we always for the we, playoffs. We always got loose city. Yeah. Texas, I haven't decided if I'm drinking for points or penalties the rest of the year. It's the only thing left to do. Either way, you're going to be very intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, just get hammered. Yeah. Uh, this is oh, Plumley Bro, KRC Text. Plumley Bro, how dare you forget my brother in down in Central Florida? 
<laughs> he says, what are your all's thoughts on Lane shoving the player when he came off the sideline at the beginning of the game? You probably couldn't see it at the game, TJ, but they showed it on TV. Also, I really hope the Cats can make a New Year's Six Bowl this year. will be big for the resume. Did Lane Kippen shove a kid? Probably not. Plumby Bro just lying. Just making stuff up. And the Cats, they're not even making a bowl game. They're going to lose out. It's your KRC text of the day. We're not going to a bowl game. It's going to be four and uh, four and seven Kentucky versus four and seven. Who do they play this week? Who cares? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. They'll, they'll win. Uh, yeah, South Carolina yeah they, they, they own South Carolina. And Shane Beamer's off. South, I, well, I don't know. You know what? Because South Carolina is Kentucky like Syracuse was to us in the ACC for a while. So, you know how that happened this year. Yeah. Good point. Texas says, Trevor for coach, Bronny to the Ville. Bronny's coming. You didn't know that? He's going to be here. We're getting Bron Bron. Well, first for me. Says, I have no, I have no faith that Brom isn't hired after the B-ball search. Hmm. I mean. Texas says, y'all are just hating because y'all didn't get that Angel's Envy, LOL. We did not get the autographed Angel's Envy bottle. Angel's Envy. See, I, I, we, we talked about this. Where Satterfield was, he like did like a radio show. Around, he was like trying to, I think. He was trying to do like a publicity tour to get everybody like hyped up and like back on his side. And he went on a bunch of radio shows and gave them all like Angels Envy autograph bottles. They gave him all liquor to get him. Yeah. <laughs> we did not receive one. Why do I feel like I probably made these same jokes when you told it to me? <laughs> I, I, I think I, I can speak for you and say that our tone with regards to all this would be exactly the same if Satterfield had given us like sideline passes or like personal autographs like it's it wasn't going you can't to let me crash in his basement it's not going to change my tone yeah we're we're, we're fine we're, we're i mean we're always going to call it the way we see it i'll be damned if i'm flushing the toilet on the way out the door just i'm just tuning in after work who did you guys decide should be our next football coach goes to bill walsh that was the <laughs> first name i said last name i said gotta make nick saban say no absolutely will stein you know Kirby smart how upset is he with utsa look good this weekend will stein i don't know i'm just mm. saying they beat you know they they beat Middle Tennessee. They did. Who? Yeah. Who just beat Miami? Just beat Miami. Who lost to and they also lost to uh, James Madison by God James Madison. The <laughs> who's James Madison's coach? Get, get him in here. Who is this, this man's coach? <laughs> they bring him on. Is it actually James Madison? I said <laughs> Lizzo borrow my flute. <laughs> Make Lizzo the coach. Kurt Signetti. I can't Google that because I sure as hell don't know how to spell it. He went to West Virginia. I don't know about that. But he is 37-5 and five as the head coach of James Madison. Before Get him in here. I mean, granted, only one of those is Division One level, but I don't care. Who cares? It's good enough for me. Texas says, where's Charlie? I'd smash that bottle. Oh, Charlie's strong? We're not bringing Charlie back, no. First of all, you know what? The only Maker's Mark bottle I got during that little run was the Charlie bottle. Oh, I got all of them. Did you get them? I figured you would probably. I don't think I, I think there was one that I met. Maybe not the Patino. No, I, I, I got the, like the second Patino. That doesn't surprise me. I could you you see I could see you being all of them. Now I had an intern um, that was like, "Hey, my buddy uh, works for a liquor company. Where do you want to buy one of the uh, like ten bucks over about your street value, whatever?" I, I got the he's got some extra Charlie bottles, and I was like, "Sure," because I wasn't like trying to go get them. I wasn't. This one just fell into my lap. I still always got them as gifts. It, See, no one loves me that much, yeah. and like so, I would have gotten them for you if I'd known you back then. I would have gotten them, and it's still you. sitting on my desk right next to a bottle of champagne that TJ's dad gave us for our fourth year anniversary on the radio together. Oh, what well, was the eleven year anniversary? TJ's dad get, get Trevor something else. Yeah, give him a new bottle of champagne. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't be mad at Mr. Walker. Mr. Walker hooked it up when I went on a Super Bowl trip too. Oh. Like, I guess TJ's dad. TJ, uh, his dad, like, is one of those guys that gets us all about the gift cards online. 
Like you buy stuff and you get free gift cards in return. Yeah. So he just gave me like a buttload of gift cards at these restaurants. Like I, I, I was just like roaming around looking for these fast food places to save money and eat. He was he was awesome. I love buttloads of gift cards. I do too. Text that. I like buttloads for everything. Um, Texas Craig at least showed passion despite being atrociously terrible. He did. His wow. team didn't. I mean, I think by the, the the year three, I think he was pretty much defeated internally and. Just what are your thoughts on Tom Herman? Uh, he's not coaching anywhere for a while. I think that's – I feel pretty confident about that. Um, can't read that. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm amazed we went this far where you couldn't read something. Well, I just skipped over a lot. Like, now I'm just, like, trying to get to as many as possible, so I'm not, like, looking at them beforehand, and I can't read some of them. Uh, tonight. Well, look, the team's mass coach is 61. We can't take that, right? Not that. Bring him in here. I mean, he's old. His, his job is Saving was, coaching tree? I like it. Bring him in here. Yeah, if he, he beats us, he gets the job. He's coaching for the job on November, whenever that is. He's not the saving. He Well, I guess he went to Alabama in 07. 07 to 10 was when he was there. Trevor, ESPN tonight. Yeah. It's not a bad Monday Night Football game. Rams, not a good one either. Not a good one. Not terrible. We, <laughs> better than last week, I feel like. Rams, 49ers. Uh, 49ers, despite being 1-2, and two, are a two-point home favorite. Who you got? Uh, Rams winning cover. I got Rams straight up. And then death to Debo, baby. Down with Debo. I need Debo to go off. We need Debo. I already, my buddy already texted me. He goes, you already took that ill tonight? I need Debo and Matt Gay to have career nights. Because the Eagles aren't the only team that's undefeated. Trevor's One of Trevor's fantasy teams is 3-0 as well. You have like 17 fantasy teams. Yeah, but there's only one that matters, and that's the one in Louisville Man's League because I can talk all the trash to those people. Okay, whatever. You don't, get having, you. you don't get credit for having one undisputed fantasy. Oh, no. I only puff my chest for one. It's 3-0. All right, all right, all right. Um, I haven't won a title yet. I was gonna be like, where do we go from here at this point? Is tomorrow's show just gonna be this show again? We have to do something different. We'll, we'll have to do. We'll plan something that will pep people up. What? Can- <laughs> Maybe we'll get Danny Busboom Kelly on the show. We can make that would be happy. Get her on the show. I mean, unless she unless she can get second hand through a microphone, I don't think I'm gonna cheer everybody up in here. I mean, what, what are we gonna do? Thanks God. I mean, thanks. <laughs> I'll do. What are we gonna talk about tomorrow for three hours if something doesn't happen? I mean, Satterfield will talk to the press, so we'll have love that. We'll have that to make our skin crawl and cry and probably be disappointed. Do something, IRP. Help us out. Can we get? Can we get the A and M boosters? Everybody, where are they at? We got in the show. <laughs> everybody have a fantastic Monday night. The Cardinal Insider with Jody Demling is up next. Oh, we'll see you guys tomorrow, right back here <laughs> at three o'clock. Have a fantastic Monday. I'm a